0: super talk mississippi media production
1: howdy howdy it's rhino here and i wanted to say thank you for listening to middays with gerard gibbert here
2: on super talk mississippi
3: get ready get
0: ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state you're listening to middays with gerard gibbert here on super talk mississippi
4: And welcome to Middays on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm your host, Gerard Gibbert. My good friend, Will, back in the studio as I am in Starkville, Mississippi today, downtown Starkville for the Starkville Partnership the downtown partnership it uh is a beautiful day up here and uh we are all set i tell you it's fall like up here will the the mums are blooming the sun is shining it's uh, a bit cool outside uh this is a Really a nice day to be traveling across the state of Mississippi. Always enjoy this ride up here on 25 and then up towards Starkville. You see just how beautiful our state is. And this place is open for business. they got a big football game coming just a few miles from here. In about 24 hours, I think 11 o'clock start time, the Bulldogs will host the visiting Tigers of LSNU. They'll be at Davis Wade Stadium, just a few miles, like I said, from where we are uh, right now. How's it back in the studio?
5: That cool weather is just so perfect right now. Um, (laughs) It's awesome. You know, it came in about, you know, what, two or three days ago, it seems like now, and I immediately wanted soup, you know, or chili or something (laughs) like that.
4: Yeah. Yeah, you know, the coffee tasted a little better this morning. A yeah. uh, little little warmth on your tongue and <laughs> your throat when it, when it's cool outside, but anyhow, uh uneventful travel. I like getting up early like that and and traveling. Our state is so beautiful as the sun is rising on a, especially on a brilliant sunny blue day like we have today we have to really uh treasure these sorts of days here in the deep south we get them this time of year and we get them in the spring and then kind of in between it's humid <laughs> and hot <laughs> and uh, a bit wet but uh wow this really makes you get fired up about college football and it's especially cool to be in a college town even for this old miss boy uh but all the folks here are uh, so nice and so accommodating. Uh, got a great guest lineup for you today. Let's see. We've got uh, Rob Robertson. He's a member of the Mississippi House of Representatives, represents Octobahaw Winston County. He's right where we are. He's already snuck in and shook my hand. He's right down the street. Mike Taggart, of course, the president and CEO of the Greater Starkville Partnership. He joins us at 1050. Tom Brooks, director of Raspit Flight laboratory at uh, MSU. That should be an interesting discussion about some new technology at 1120. Lynn Spruill, the mayor of Starkville, joins us at 1150. And then Paige Hunt will wrap up the show at 1250. Paige is the director of tourism for the Greater Starkville Partnership. Now, full disclosure, folks, I do have my customary red shirt on today under my black jacket. Even though I am in Starkville, but that's because, as I think folks know by now, it is it has been uh, my tradition to wear red every. Friday, red stands for Remember Everyone Deployed. I've been doing that about 15 years, uh, try to make it a, a, a regular habit, just out of respect for our troops and those who serve our great nation in uniform. So it's not being disrespectful. I'm not sporting old Miss colors here. I'm sporting red for uh, for the troops. But, man, it's so cool being up here uh, in Starkville. And, uh, again, with football tomorrow and fall in the air and the mums blooming, really pretty cool stuff. Um, Also, Starkville, of course, is a Mississippi. It is Mississippi's college town. The Bulldog Nation knows that Starkville is Mississippi's college town for sure. It's a history town and an arts and music town. A lot of folks probably didn't know that. Starkville is also a dining and and shopping town offering a number of unique restaurants and shops and it's also a certified Mississippi hometown retirement community it's a great place to retire and i, I tell you it's looks like lots of uh, housing under construction around here college towns are just great places to retire to and great places to live lots of culture and athletics and and um, uh, amenities that you don't find in non college towns to a great extent so Really, uh, really a, a cool place. Let's see. Uh, on first look, this is Ben from Madison already weighing in on the ceasefire text line. At first look, it appears voters are getting close to what they voted for in an MM bill. A few differences, but overall seems to be a solid bill. Well, appreciate that, Ben. Of course, the news is that uh, just broke yesterday. It appears that the House and Senate have come to some degree of an agreement with respect to a medical marijuana bill. So I think uh, lots of people are expecting and and looking for a special session to probably be called next week. It is my understanding that uh, that is highly probable. The Speaker of the House, Philip Gunn, said Thursday that lawmakers just yesterday, less than 24 hours ago, have reached an agreement on a proposal. Now, whether or not that looks exactly like 65, Ben, I'd say there, there are a couple of, of uh, key differences. There, there is going to be a 7%, uh, apparently, a 7% sales tax imposed, uh, which would uh, be treated for revenue purposes. Uh, as a standard sales tax, and also there will be an additional excise tax. This is what's being reported as far as the draft of the bill based on weight. So excise taxes, of course, are, are not uh, percentages imposed on the value of a sale as, as a sales tax is, but rather uh, just some sort of flat fee or percent that's typically imposed on the quantity, such as the excise tax on gasoline. And so that's the way this would set up as well. It is also my my understanding that the bill would only allow marijuana to be grown indoors. And uh, this is probably the big one, and I think one of the things that a lot of folks uh, had concerns about, which is that counties and municipalities would be allowed to opt out of the program within 60 days of the bill becoming law. However, should voters feel that uh, such an opt-out needs to be overridden, apparently they can go back through it, uh, back to their local governments, I should say, through a petition process and and, and perhaps have some say in overriding such a decision. So we'll see where all that lands, but it looks like things are kind of heating up here in the state of Mississippi with respect to getting Uh, Some sort of medical marijuana legislation passed. And, again, highly probable, uh, from what I can tell, that we will have a special session. And you recall Representative Lee Yancey, who leads this effort uh, on the House side, has been working with Senator Kevin Blackwell on the Senate side for some time, Uh, really just right after the Supreme Court struck down the initiative, the ballot initiative, and uh, he said on our air on the show here that he thought there was a high probability and highly likely that we would, in fact, see the governor call a special session to pass some form of medical marijuana legislation. He he did inform me uh, over the last week. I uh, had a chat with him. I'm not talking out of school here. That. He and the senator, Senator Blackwell, were very, very close, and and uh, that kind of signaled to me that, well, if they're close and he feels like they got a deal, I think they'll tell their respective chamber leaders, that being the Speaker of the House and the lieutenant governor, and they'll go inform the governor of that uh, situation. The governor said, I'm not calling a special session until we know the vote's, are there to do it and i certainly respect the governor for his position there we don't want to spend taxpayer money on uh deliberations at the capitol uh and the cost associated with conducting a special session if there's not going to be any outcome for the people so looks like we are well on our way in uh in that respect and we will keep you informed again we've got um uh, we've got Rob Robertson joining us from the Mississippi House of Representatives in the next segment, and we'll have to talk with uh, Representative Robertson, see what he says about that and what uh, information he can uh, enlighten us with. Um, on the federal front, folks, there's so much going on, and we're going to get to as much of it as we can. Uh, the, the first thing that I think is really kind of blowing up in this administration's face Is the crisis at the border? We got some stuff to discuss and share with you with respect to that. We got some sound we're going to play for you uh, from Maxine Waters and President Joe Biden. You just won't believe what those folks have to say about this. You're listening to Middays with Gerard. We got Will filling in for Rhino back in the studio on this Friday, y'all. We're coming live at you from Starkville, Mississippi, the Greater Development, the Starkville Greater Development Partnership. We'll come right back with Representative Rob Robertson. Stay with us.
6: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and cutting needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, sunny skies, high near 79. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 56. Rolling into your Saturday, sunny skies, high near 83. Saturday evening, we have mostly clear conditions, low around 59. And for your Sunday, a beautiful day, sunny skies, high near 87.
7: Football season is here and Jersey Mike's in Madison would like to celebrate with you. From hand-sliced cold cuts to mouth-watering cheesesteaks made to order with gluten-free and veggie options too. Stop in and see why we are a sub above the rest. To celebrate the season, we invite all Madison Central Jag students to come by our Madison store on Highway 51 and receive 15% off on Mondays and Tuesdays from 5 to 7 p.m.
1: We believe you can't put a price on love.
9: That's why we built a better way to buy a diamond. Juniker Jewelry. Mississippi's direct diamond importer. With
1: ten times the selection of diamonds, diamond engagement rings, and wedding bands, you'll find in average jewelry stores.
9: Beautiful, affordable engagement rings she'll love. Complete with your center diamond starting at less than $1,000. Case after case of
1: gorgeous rings, all priced. $2,000, $3,000, $4,000 $2,000, 3000 $4,000 and up.
9: And with Junikers Flexible Financing, you can give her a one carat diamond for as little as $84 a month with approved credit.
1: We have an engagement ring for every couple. I'm Rachel. And I'm John Ravenstein. It doesn't matter who you are, what your budget is, or where you are in life. If you're in love, we have a diamond engagement ring for
10: you. Juniker Jewelry, Mississippi's direct diamond importer. 1485 Highland Colony Parkway, just south of 463 in Madison, and
6: junikerjewelry.com. Gulf Seafood Outlet 5-pound large Gulf Shrimp Special $29.95 Gulf Seafood Outlet Seeing is believing with up to 14 types of saltwater fillets Gulf Seafood Outlet Highway 51 in Ridgeland just past Lake Harbor Drive 601-790-9407
11: Tune in to Good Things with me, Rebecca Turner It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour Weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. Right here on Supertalk Jackson 97.3
0: and now the talk that keeps Mississippi talking. It out. about onto the real part.
12: Dino Mike
0: on Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs>
4: with Gerard Gibbard coming at you live from Mississippi's college down Starkville Mississippi. We are downtown here on Main Street Starkville Mississippi. It is a beautiful day. Such a Crystal clear, perfect Mississippi fall day, having a good time. Now joining us, we've got uh, Rob Robertson. He is a member of the Mississippi House of Representatives, represents District Forty Three. That's Octibaha and Winston Counties, right where we are here. uh, Representative, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Welcome to Starville, man. It's just awesome up here today. I was just uh, saying in the last segment, traveling uh, from uh, Jackson. Uh, the Jackson area up here to Starkville, uh, going along 25 and 15 and so forth, uh, it, it
13: really does showcase the beauty of the great state of Mississippi. It really does. And, and being in Starville and downtown Starville, I, there's not a better place to be today. It's awesome.
4: It's awesome. Big game. The Tigers rolling in tomorrow.
13: Yeah, hopefully, we're gonna, we're gonna give them a whole lot to handle.
4: <laughs> well, I tell you what, that could, uh, that might have a, a little effect on the future of the coach over there at LSU, Ed Ogeron. I think he's a bit on the hot seat, as coaches always are, of course. Uh, they're always on the hot seat, but
13: I hope we put it a little hotter for, for him
4: tomorrow. <laughs> That's good. So you probably heard us in the last segment just talking about what appears to be some breakthroughs on – the uh, situation with the medical marijuana bill, you, you'd have to say, I think, uh, Representative, that that is probably the, the, the highest level issue uh, being deliberated and debated and considered by our legislature. You know the story. A the, uh, ballot measure was uh, on the ballot in 2020, a citizen-initiated ballot measure, and though that passed, the Supreme Court, of course, then struck it down based on a suit filed that found some issues with that and uh and so members of the legislature in both chambers have been working together my good friend lee yancey senator blackwell over there on the on the senate side been working together to get something cobbled out it appears they have uh come to some
13: consensus there what do you think i, I think it's great yancey and blackwell have really done a great job of of flushing out some of the issues now in fairness to the the, the people that 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 did the initiative i don't know that we would be here today had it not been for the I think initiative. that's right yeah um but the the fact is i don't think that we ever need to to legislate or or bring things to the table through a through that type of a process it's it's almost impossible to change anything in a constitution yeah and w- the way that that we're able to come back now and and put this together it it means that we can can change things if they don't work well for us and i'm not suggesting that this won't work well but it it certainly is put us in a better position to be able to to make it work for mississippians
4: i think it's fair to say that a lot of people upon learning even those that wholeheartedly supported initiative 65 upon learning that this would be uh sort of uh ensconced in the the constitution uh that and then changing it and amending it would be extremely difficult because it would require constitutional amendment which means you got to go back to the ballot i think a lot of people did have concerns about that i I think
13: that was probably as good a concern as you could have had about this um I, i had concerns frankly that that if from an economic development standpoint and allowing uh mississippians to have a piece of the pie um this was the way to go about doing it yeah. and, and to me that makes sense yeah
4: well and and so there there's a, a, a few things a few adjustments i guess to 65 in this bill one of the other things we heard uh quite a bit was the the revenue generated for the state stayed with the agency that the bill charged with administering the program, that being the Department of Health to, to fund the operational cost there. This uh, this situation is more of just a general sales tax, goes to general fund, and then the legislature, of course, will have to appropriate money to administer and operate the program. And then there's now, apparently, an excise tax that's been added on on top of that. Uh, that's one of the changes, allowing cities, municipalities, local areas to opt out. That's another thing. We heard that as well uh, as a an objection because 65 didn't allow that and then the ability to to smoke medical marijuana as well i think that has been included in this draft from what i understand so uh do you think this is going to be received well by the people what do I, you think about
13: it i really do um you know the, the the question once you get past the question of whether or not you're going to uh allow medical marijuana or not yeah it, it now becomes about you know what does that look like yeah and when you have as many people that voted in favor of medical marijuana um, come to the table and and vote it in, I think we have a mandate. I think we have we have to get something together that m- makes this make sense. Uh, one of the key issues I had from the beginning uh, was the economics of this and making certain that Mississippians had a piece of the, the, the money that was generated out of this, but also from a taxing standpoint. Um, You know, if you're going to do business here, this could create uh, some issues for cities, uh, for counties in terms of policing or any of the other things that are tied to this. And to be able to have that that tax revenue come back into your communities and be able to help enforce what needs to be enforced, uh, I'm certainly not in favor of of cart block. Uh, allowing people to, to 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 do anything, whether it be drive around uh, while you 're intoxicated or whether that be if your prescription pills you 're riding around and you could put somebody in harm 's way uh, this the way we 're now doing it, it it allows these cities and these counties to be able to police this a bit better and yeah. make certain that things are, are are taken care of in a lot better way than they were in the in the previous bill
4: yeah so there, uh, some, uh, some other issues that have uh, come up of course is whether or not uh, medical marijuana will be able to be grown Will it would be legal to grow it in the state of Mississippi? It's my understanding that under the
13: this bill as drafted it would be restricted to only indoor growing that, that is, is, is correct that's the, right the, my understanding of of what was presented to us it is all indoor and then there the the excise tax is set up such that depending on how small or how large you are uh it's a sliding scale as to how much it will cost to be able to do that produce it
4: that's that's exactly how i understand it as well so but i've already had some text here on the ceasefire text line asking about is it going to be legal to grow medical marijuana in mississippi it is under this draft as is but it it again is limited to indoor uh, growing only so uh, we'll see where that the final version of that that lands um and then there's a, of course, always the issue of of taxation. It, it this could generate a fair amount of revenue for the state.
13: I hope so. Yeah. Um, I, I really do. the The reality is is that that I do think that that any time you have a situation like this, there are so many unknowns and. I really did think that that having a tax attached to this, so that you could approach some of those unknowns. Yeah, uh, there is going to be a policing aspect of this, yeah. and and it has to have uh, something that congruently works that so, so that people aren't put in a situation where. Uh, you know, you you have someone driving down the road yeah. that could be doing something they shouldn't be doing. Uh, so there, we need to be able to support our police. We need to be able to support our sheriff departments. Um, and, you know, the, the the reality is no one wants their community to turn into yeah. – uh, well, yeah. you, you just named yeah. the community. You don't want it to turn into a place exactly. uh, that's not enjoyable to live. Uh, absolutely. So
4: uh, let's kind of uh, discuss some of the other legislative matters that uh, might be on the radar in the coming session. It's hard to believe, but we're only, what, two and a half months away from getting back down to the Capitol and starting this deal all over again. That is unbelievable.
13: <laughs> I have been so busy with work, I can't even imagine stopping what I'm doing and, and going back yeah. in January. But you're right, it's, it's right around the corner.
4: And, and a lot of folks uh, should at least be cognizant of the fact that it is considered part-time employment that you still have to work to earn a living uh, it's really unlikely that you could have any kind of uh, uh, top-level lifestyle uh, just earning a living from working in the legislature
13: trust me my wife reminds <laughs> me of that all the time <laughs> so what's what's on your radar we got a couple of minutes left what's on your radar the, the things that I'm going to be interested in are always going to be local I mean we we are constantly uh, in flux here in terms of roads and making certain that uh, that our bridges, everything yeah. has to be dealt with. Um, economic development in has never been better. Um, we're we're getting to a point where we're going to be bringing in industrial uh, or we call it light industrial, but uh, we've got a lot of things that are on the horizon with sure. that. Um, the The reality is, is that I think that if if you're a a a business, whether it be technology or or whatever, uh, even whether shopping or what have you, um, Starkville's a place to, to to do it in, and, we're, and we're in such a growth uh, spurt right now. It's just it's really exciting. I can tell just driving in
4: today. It's it's awesome. It's exciting, and it's it's good for the entire state, not just Starkville, but for the entire state, of course. So. We need to make Mississippi as business a friendly state as we possibly can. Absolutely. I, I preach to the choir there, I know. But uh, appreciate all you do and
13: appreciate you joining us today, Representative. Thank you. I love being here. Appreciate Absolutely. you.
4: Absolutely. Fantastic. Representative Rob Robertson has been our guest. We'll uh, take a break right here on Middays. Don't forget 1050. Mike Taggart uh, joins us. He's the president and CEO of the Greater Starkville Partnership. We are coming at you live from Mississippi's college town, Starkville, Mississippi. Stay with us.
14: Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events.
7: Jackson is sacking the competition with an all-out savings blitz. You'll feel like you just scored a touchdown with the savings we're offering on every new and pre-owned monster in stock. Get 0% financing for 36 months on all new monsters. That's 0% on every new monster in stock. Plus, get your first year of oil changes on us with every new monster purchase. There will be no false starts when it comes to your credit approval. Our team of credit specialists are here to get you approved. No matter your past credit history, 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Have a trade-in, bring it in, and we'll give you top dollar for it. Even if you don't buy vehicle from us and buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty. So come in today, because we're blitzing the competition and saving you big at Monster of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our own new state VR facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. Mazdaofjackson.com. To we'll see you for details.
9: I'm Andy Davis and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. There are an additional 1,505 cases of COVID 19 in Mississippi being reported today and 30 deaths. Nine deaths occur between September 20th and 23rd. An additional 21 were identified through death certificate reports and occurred between July 18th and September 19th. There are 19 ongoing outbreaks of COVID 19 in long-term care facilities. That's down from the 103 outbreaks reported Thursday. And National Farm and Safety Health Week continues through tomorrow. Ag Commissioner Andy Gibson explains that everyone has a role to play in keeping farmers safe, especially on the roads.
1: We got to slow down and look around. Look for those pieces of farm equipment, trailers, tractors. Watch out and be prepared to slow down and share the road. We share the road for bicycles and other folks, pedestrians. So we need to
9: share it for the farmers this time of year. According to Gibson, most farm accidents. Are transportation related. I'm Andy Davis.
18: When it comes to your business IT solutions, smarter is better. The authority from C Spire. Our team of super specialized engineers partner with businesses of all sizes, taking on their toughest IT challenges while finding new opportunities. Connectivity, data security, cloud services, you name the tech, we have a specialist for it. C Spire Business. Win with authority. Your partners in IT. Get connected to the fastest internet speeds available. Visit cspire.comslash business.
4: Middays, Gerard Gibbert up in Starkville, Mississippi, Starkville, Mississippi's college town, Will East back in the studio, manning the controls for us on this gorgeous fall Friday here in the Magnolia State. Don't forget some upcoming events here in Starville. The Art Walk going on today right here in Starville. The Cotton District Arts Festival that's coming up on Saturday, October the second, and Fall Unwind. That sounds like fun. That event will be held on Friday, October fifteenth. And of course, this is a game weekend here in Starville. The LSU Tigers will be visiting. The Mississippi State Bulldogs tomorrow kickoff at eleven o'clock at Davis Wade Stadium. Game weekend, you got some must-dos you got to do here while you're in Starkville. It's a great place to begin at the MSU Welcome Center. The lobby features more than 400 clocks and watches dating back to the 1700s. It's my understanding that uh, will (coughs) those clocks and watches were actually manufactured here in Starkville by the name escapes me but uh Mike Taggart will discuss that when he uh, when he comes on the program later but uh I don't think that company is is any longer in business here in Starkville making uh these these timekeeping instruments but there is a history there with the city of Starkville and then the Mitchell Memorial Library from Charles H Templeton Sr. music museum to the John Grisham room to the Ulysses S Grant Presidential Library, all that right here in Starkville. And then, of course, walk through the the really neat Cotton District, which is close to Davis Wade Stadium, locally owned restaurants and bars, and there are lots of good venues uh, for Food and drink right here in Starkville, as uh, most college towns have, but really special here in Starkville. This Cotton District thing has really blossomed through the years and and uh, quite the asset uh, for Starkville, uh, Mississippi's college town. The Noxubee National Wildlife Refuge, it's also the perfect place to hike, bike, canoe, or bird watch. And that's not too far away from our vantage point right here in the heart of Starkville Mississippi today but it's all going on in Mississippi's college town Starkville so yesterday Will I I was off appreciate uh, Dave filling in for me and had the uh, pleasure of speaking to the Rankin County Rotary that was a lot of fun it's been a while since I've been out and had the opportunity to to speak uh, in person with I uh, always enjoyed doing that, and I'm always grateful for, for folks that uh, that invite me uh, to come in and address them. But kind of back on the circuit now with the COVID situation being, I still think, mostly in the rearview mirror and, and, and people getting back to kind of normal with respect to in-person meetings. Great group out there in Rankin County, and uh, enjoyed addressing them. Uh, folks might be uh, interested and a little surprised to learn. That uh, the speaking engagements, uh, the content of those, I don't talk politics. I talk, I talk business. I talk technology. I, I share my entrepreneurial journey, if you will. Uh, and, and talk about future technology trends and how those might impact society from an economic perspective, from a government perspective, and, uh, share some just kind of interesting data points that a lot of folks probably just aren't aware of with respect to some of these really big technology companies and, and just other industries in general. So always a lot of fun, uh, sharing that information with people and, and always, uh, kind of, Kind of interesting to see their reaction to that. Uh, also, before I went uh, out to Rankin County, I, I stopped in uh, my local Starbucks. Now, a lot of people say, why do you shop at Starbucks, Gerard? Why do you patronize those guys? You know, they're really left-leaning uh, kind of organization. I don't conflate my political views with my consumption habits that's just me i respect people that do and their right to do so that's just me i don't think about that i do think about the workers in those places and i don't i don't want to uh i guess kind of abandon them if they're coming in and they're working and they're they're um engaged in in gainful employment you know i do my part and i patronize a lot of different places but i don't i don't conflate that i don't let that get in the way but when i went there yesterday the line, Will, at the, at the store in Ridgeland was not only wrapped around the actual building, but through the parking lot almost out to the street. I'd never seen it quite that long before. I've seen some long lines, but not quite that long. So I went inside, and uh, I, I go there a fair amount, so I know lots of the, of the baristas And uh, good young folks, always uh, really upbeat and energetic and and positive. And I said, what's going on? Why the crowds? They said, well, the Madison location is closed today. What happened? Well, uh, last week they had a number of resignations. People just quit. And then today, those who were still working, scheduled to work today, they just didn't come in. Called in. Sick, out, off, PTO, whatever you want to call it. And so uh, the young lady that waited on me uh, at the cash register there, I just asked her. Uh, she First she told me, she said, by the way, I'm from the Madison store. Or Is there any, anybody else in here from there? No. Um, I said, well, uh, tell me uh, what caused your, your colleagues, your, your, your working partners, what caused them to quit over the last couple of weeks? And she said, Stress. Is stress. Really? Stress? Now, look, uh, there's a certain degree of stress you could argue that accompanies any occupation, any job. But you know what you have to do? You have to deal with it. I just couldn't believe that. Stress. So, if, if folks, if, if you've been tracking this, you're probably aware of this phenomenon that uh, business analysts. And, and, and those that, that keep up with economic activity have said that there's something going on known as the Great Resignation, that this has been going on for really the past almost year since the pandemic set in, the Great Resignation. And I've been reading some articles about that, and these articles, too, say, yeah, the primary reason is stress. That's why people are quitting. Really? i tell you what stress is. Stress is not having a job. Stress is not being able to contribute to society and perform meaningful work and serve your fellow man. Stress is not experiencing the human sense of accomplishment and utility. More importantly, it's not being able to purchase the staples of life. So what got in the way? Well, government. Government has built all these so-called safety net programs. That's what they call them. They're really just redistribution apparatus. And they're just dropping money out of the sky such that people can say, I'm going to resign and not work because I'm just stressed out. I can't do it anymore. Man, I, I can't remember working where I wasn't under some degree of stress. This is called work. That's just part of it. But now we're we're using that as an alibi, as a justification, as an excuse for not contributing to society. And this is why I've said that our government is tearing down the dignity of work. Dignity of work. And what they're doing is they're dividing us into groups. And the present government, they're masters. hope I don't get canceled for using that word. They're (laughs) masters of division. And that's what Marxism is all about. It used to be that Marxism, the central tenet of it, was to divide based on uh, economic status. But now it's across the spectrum of life. But what we're saying now is that What they're doing now, I should say, is they're dividing us into the producing class and the recipient class. And if you look at this $3.5 trillion budget bill, it is just jammed full of all sorts of of giveaways and program programs and, and redistribution mechanisms that is further disincentivizing work. And without work, there's no innovation. Without innovation, we don't progress as a society. We don't solve problems. We don't improve the quality of life. So the president goes on this morning. I listened to him uh, on the way up here. And it was just more word salad. He basically admitted that this bill is nothing but a tax and spend bill that is really not about infrastructure, but rather intended to reshape the economy. And that really means divide us into producers and recipients. He said nothing material about the border, except he did call attention to the horses that he said were running over people, and that those people will pay, and that there will be consequences. You know the folks that protect our borders, the folks that were trying to keep the immigrants, those crossing over from potentially grabbing the horse by the reins or the bit or something like that and causing a problem and people to get injured? It's really kind of disgusting in my view. we got to talk about that some more. When we come back, we've got Mike Taggart, President and CEO of the Greater Starkville Partnership. We're coming at you live with midday, Middays from Starkville, Mississippi's college town.
20: This is the opening agri market report. The open of the New York Cotton Exchange December cotton was up 2.98 to 95.45. March cotton was up 2.58 to 94.08. The open of the Chicago Board of Trade November soybeans were down 2 and 3 quarters to 12.81 and a half per bushel. January soybeans were down 3 cents to twelve ninety-one per bushel. December corn was down 4 and a quarter to 5.25 per bushel. March corn was down 4.5 to 5.32 and a half per bushel. At the Mercantile, December live cattle was down 40 to 128.22. February live cattle was down 30 to 132.65. November feeders up 17 to 158.27. January feeders up 10 to 159.30. And at this hour, Dow Jones is down 15 points, 34,749. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Mississippi Agri-News Network. I'm a cotton farmer.
8: I'm BASF.
20: I'm made of
1: grit, passion, and hands that never stop working.
9: I'm made of agronomics, innovation, and hands that never stop helping. I I believe believe cotton cotton isn't isn't a crop. crop.
1: It's a calling. I'm made to grow it.
9: Protect
21: it.
1: I know this is important to my family.
21: Every family.
1: That's why I work harder.
21: Innovate better.
1: To make my cotton as good as it can be.
21: As protected as it can be. I'm a
1: cotton farmer.
21: I'm BASF. We We create create
11: chemistry. chemistry.
19: Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. You know what that means. Middays with Gerard Gibbert.
10: We'll do it live.
0: On Super Talk Mississippi.
4: Welcome back, everyone. You're tuned into Middays. Your host, Gerard Gibbert, on-site in Starkville, Mississippi. Will East, back in the studio at the controls. And uh, joining us now is Mike Taggart. Mike is the, let's see, you're the president and CEO, right, of the Greater Starkville Partnership. Mike, so good to have you today and great to be here.
22: Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you very much for being here and helping us celebrate all the good things that are going on in our community. Yeah. Uh, I am fortunate to be able to work with the partnership. Uh, I'm also have i also very fortunate I get to work with the university directly. So yeah. the best of both worlds.
4: Well, uh, how special is it, Mike, or how, how valuable is it, I should say, to have a university a few miles away when you're involved in, in developing a community from an economic perspective and, and growing the
22: economy? Yeah, no question. You know, we are so fortunate. We have all the great qualities and traits of a of a small town community, and all the great resources that come with a a major Division One level university. And it's just, it's a phenomenal place to live. It's a vibrant place to live. Um, you know, just the, the infusion of, of youth in the yeah. you know in the yeah. community, and that's just always fun and interesting, and always something going on. Yeah, ab-
4: absolutely. So, did you have something to do with ordering up this picture perfect weather? We absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate it. What do they say? A chamber of commerce? Say? Exactly. Yeah. Well, we got that for sure. So, uh, tell us about some of the uh, the projects you, you're working on right now
22: yeah we've got so much going on and and I think uh you know and it's it's uh i want to be uh, uh very mindful too we work so closely. With our city, we work so closely with Mississippi State University. Um, any projects that I mentioned uh, just about all of them, you could say that they are they're spread out amongst, uh, and also our county, Octavia County Board of Supervisors. We work closely with them, but all the projects that we work on are are really truly synergetic efforts between all the all the leadership in our community. Um, we do have so much going on. Our focus, of course, uh, from the from the partnership side, um, you know, we include uh, that's so many different things on the community development. Side, such as your convention and visitors bureau, and then on yeah. a day like today, on a big game weekend, of course we have so many, so many people that will be here, uh, arriving or already here in our community. That's important. We have our chamber of commerce activities. Uh, you know, and just making sure that we're doing all that we can do to provide as as good of a, a, a business environment as possible. Yeah. So that's vital in our community. We're a college town, of course. Yep. So we are, you know, inextricably tied and and uh, in a good, positive way with the university. Our yeah. town and our community and the university are one. It's a family relationship. So And,
4: and certainly you're leveraging uh, that fact, that asset, which is in your backyard, yeah. uh, I'm sure.
22: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, again, it's a family. Family relationship yeah. uh, between the university and our community. Um, you know, it's just uh, it's a it's a beautiful thing to see all the leadership uh, pulling in the same direction and how effective and and how so many things are happening right now because of that.
4: Yeah. Well, it, it benefits the university too, of course. I, I know Dr. Keenum would say that right now if he were here. That oh, it's absolutely valuable to the yeah. university and. <laughs> Enrollment's up. You doing good there?
22: Yeah, and I know Dr. Keenan's going to be with you today, and I'm sure he's got a lot of good information on that. But enrollment, Mm -hmm. as I understand, is up for the seventh straight year. Wow which is just a phenomenal uh, that's just you know such a tribute to the administration and he and his team and the good work they do but that is a, just an incredible direct impact on everything about Starville.
4: Yeah. Uh, so last year as you know Mike uh, we were largely shut down as a result of the pandemic. Uh, I'm sure that had to have a, an economic impact in a negative way on the community on the town itself. Uh, but it looks like we're back in business again and, and I think people want to get out. I, you're expecting capacity crowd tomorrow, I'm sure. Huh?
22: Absolutely. We are. Absolutely. Yeah. In the, you know, 60,000, hopefully. Um, but absolutely. We saw, we saw from the university and from the city and from the county and our community during, during the early days of the pandemic, we saw a real concerted effort to one, um, continue to be, uh, for the university to continue to educate. And yeah. so they did everything they possibly could. And I think that effort in trying to pivot and adjust and make, you know, to do, yes, uh, just like every other university in our country, they had to go to an online status in some respects for some classes, Uh, but they did that, uh, did it as well as as any institution in this country, Uh, you know, was able to live through it, uh, uh, so to speak, economically. Um, they've done a tremendous job. You saw record enrollment even during the pandemic year. Yeah, so just unbelievable what they've been able to do and how they've been able to adjust and pivot. And I would say the same for the city on the business end. Yeah,
4: and and businesses, of course, they rely on consumption and spending from the students. And so when they're not here, that I mean, it's a big part of their addressable market is not present at the time. So yeah. it's
22: a big no deal, no question, absolutely. We yeah. saw drops in uh, you know sales tax and things of that nature yeah. as well.
4: But. That's behind us now. We're moving forward. Things are looking good. Uh, we got a little Super Talk news and Fox News coming your way. You want to stay with us after the break and can, uh, talk yeah. to sure. us some more? That would be great. We've got uh, Mike Tackert. He's the president and CEO of the Greater Starkville Partnership. You're listening to Middays. I'm coming at you live from Starkville, Mississippi's college town. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Barone's Tree Pros,
23: 601-345-8090. I'm Chris Foster. As federal guidance now calls for some people who got Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine to get booster shots, President Biden's again asking Americans unvaccinated for coronavirus to get vaccinated instead of crowding hospitals.
0: Leaving no room for someone with a heart attack or a cancer operation needed.
20: To get the life-saving care because the places where they would get that care are crowded. They are not available.
23: He says he'll be getting his booster shot soon. The FBI issues an arrest warrant for the boyfriend of a woman found dead in Wyoming. He's been missing for more than a week.
10: A federal grand jury is indicting Brian Laundrie not for the killing of Gabby Petito, but for bank fraud, accusing him of using a debit card and pin that is not his, taking out more than a thousand bucks from an account that is not his during the time she was considered to be missing before her body was found.
23: Is Evan Brown. New home sales were up one and a half percent last month. The Commerce Department reports the median price 20% higher than last August. America's listening to Fox News.
14: Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events. But thanks to two men in a truck, Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need: a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday
9: Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The Mississippi Supreme Court ruled in May that the state's initiative process is unconstitutional because it requires signatures to be gathered equally among five congressional districts to place an initiative on the ballot. The court said it was invalid since the state has only four districts. Speaker of the House, Philip Gunn.
8: You know, I actually called for a special session to reinstate it back earlier in the summer. We are already talking about how to go about that. We do believe it's an important thing for the citizens, and we're going to find a way to make that put that back into the statute.
9: Only the governor can call a special session, and only he can dictate the agenda. And this week, someone from Manhattan bought the winning Mega Millions ticket, claiming a whopping four hundred thirty-two million. That means for tonight's Mega Millions drawing, the estimated jackpot starts over at twenty million. For tomorrow night's Powerball drawing, the estimated jackpot is now five hundred twenty-three million. I'm Andy Davis.
15: Don't text and drive and give our farmers the space they need. Just like you, Mississippi farmers want to do their job and return safely to their loved ones. Thank you from your friends at the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation.
5: Typically, we here at Keep Mississippi Beautiful like to share positive news with you, but not today. Litter is on the rise in our state, and we need your help. Please put trash in its proper place and make sure you aren't accidentally littering items from the back of your truck. Protect the road, secure your load, because trash blows. Do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org.
9: A Mississippi High School athletic director has passed away after his battle with COVID-19. The Smith County School District announced that Mize Attendance Center AD and head football coach Stephen Bynum passed away following his diagnosis of the virus in August. And Monday, the Woodrow Wilson International Center for Scholars will present the Woodrow Wilson Awards at a ceremony in D.C. Mississippi Senator Roger Wicker, along with Congresswoman Betty McCollum of Minnesota, will receive the Daniel Patrick Monaghan Award for Congressional Service. And tomorrow is National Hunting and Fishing Day on Coastview with Ricky Matthews. Representative Scott Bounds explained why the day is so important.
8: This was put together in 1972. Uh, National Hunting and Fishing Day was signed as an official proclamation. You know, what it does basically is recognize what the sportsmen and sportswomen and conservationists of this country bring to
20: not only those
8: activities, but bring to the economy.
9: For Super Talk Mississippi
25: News, I'm Eddie Davis.
4: Middays with Gerard is back with you. We're coming at you live from Starkville, Mississippi, Mississippi's college town. Having a lot of fun up here. Beautiful day. We've got uh, Mike Taggart. He's the president and CEO of the Greater Starkville Partnership is our guest. Uh, Mike, uh, thanks for staying around with us. So I uh, wanted to ask you about some of the economic development. Uh, are, you, are you seeing any folks uh, come into the Starkville area that for, are from out of the state of Mississippi that are choosing to make Starkville their home?
22: Yeah, you know, I think that the uh, uh, we're seeing some places. Uh, certainly, there's some some examples of this with the university. Yeah, uh, we're seeing these in private industry where you know the pandemic has really had. We've seen an effect across the country where people are redefining their workspace. Yeah, uh, they're they're choosing to to live and uh, in some cases, and, and certainly for Starville, we've got examples. People are choosing to move to our community because of quality of life. Yeah, uh, but they can work. Uh, you know, remotely. Uh, you've We've got uh, uh, people with the university, faculty and staff with the university. I think that, um, um, uh, you know, they continue to recruit at the highest of levels for the quality faculty and staff that yeah. they have. Just a phenomenal uh, effort by the university. And, of course, those are all quality, civic-minded people that move into our community. Yeah. So that's, you know, really impressive. I do think that the pandemic has shown um, it's changing our workforce forevermore. Agreed. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, a college town certainly in many ways benefits from that. Uh, yeah because of the quality of life.
4: Yeah, well, so what you get in a college town and in a town the size of Starkville is, is you get a lot of the sort of the big city Amenities, the cultural amenities, and the entertainment amenities, the dining, and so forth, without all the big city headaches and costs.
22: That's right. That's right. Yeah, we've got all the advantages of a small town in Mississippi, uh, that also have the resources of a major, significant university in our country. You know, and so just that that combination is just such a high quality of life, and such such a pleasant, beautiful place to live and work
4: well and, and I know you 've experienced this I, I certainly have in my business career, but when people visit our state from out of state and they come into a starkville uh, for example, uh, they are really kind of blown away they can't they can 't believe that this is Mississippi because they have unfortunately this misconception to a great extent driven by a one-sided media that doesn't really expose the full story of just how great our state is, and and how so many of our communities. But I gotta believe you've encountered people in your line of work where you that that are from out of state says, "Man, I didn't know it was this nice here."
22: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, as a destination market, uh, because of our, you know, our our. Family relationship with the with Mississippi State University. Yeah, we uh, you know have an inherent uh, continuous pipeline to out of state visitors. You know, yeah. uh, and that's such a beautiful thing to you see all these people they come to come to our community and they didn't know this and the, you know the people who are continually surprised by you know for just one of many many examples but uh, you know home to the Ulysses S Grant yeah. Presidential Library. Yeah, uh, one of only five on co- collegiate campus in the country. Yeah, um, you know that kind of understanding and to see that kind of asset in the community, uh, to know that that kind of culture exists yep. is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, you know, Starville also was just, you know, recently uh, for 2021, you know, we were named uh, as the best place to retire in the state of Mississippi. How about that? You know, and know a lot of that, that is out of state. Yeah. So,
4: folks, uh, you know that folks are out there that are considering or approaching retirement and they're, they're, they're searching for a place to settle down that's different from where they've spent their, their uh, life working and uh, and they see the reports and they see the studies and they see the rankings and they see that and it's a, it attracts them they come in here and they say man I'm blown away by that and they make it their home
22: yeah yeah there's so much here to offer you know the university is a, one of the top tier research universities in the nation yeah. uh, and for that matter in the world yeah uh, just far beyond uh, certainly agriculture is so important but far beyond that yeah. the technology and the you know the unmanned aircraft research and just yeah. so many so many so many different Areas that they they're perfecting.
4: Yeah, in fact, we've got Tom Brooks, uh, director of the Raspid Flight Laboratory at MSU, is going to join us in the next segment. We'll be talking about some of that exact yeah, stuff. Absolutely, it's uh, that, a great I, example. I, I look forward to that, and that ought to be uh, really cool. So, uh, um, y- you've got uh, a downtown that I think uh, kind of outkicks its coverage, if you will. This doesn't look like the downtown. <laughs> of a city with the population star. It looks like a much bigger downtown but it's it still retains the quaint the charm and the beauty. That makes downtowns fun to visit, fun to work at, a great place to
22: uh, operate a business. Yeah, we are very proud of it. Uh, I think that the city, our board of aldermen, uh, Mayor Sproul, uh, have done a phenomenal job with their part of it, investing in downtown and making sure that again, when we, you know, we have this just built-in pipeline as it relates to the university, we are an SEC college town, yeah. and when those people come from all over the southeast and beyond, um, you know, they uh, our students. Expect to have a vibrant community and a vibrant downtown. Uh, Visitors expect it and see it. And economically, we benefit so greatly from it.
4: No question. So, you know, one of the things that uh, you've you've perhaps heard me talk about quite a bit uh, on the show is uh, the need we have in the state of Mississippi to retain this fantastic talent that we're graduating just a few miles away from here and across the landscape of all the fabulous universities we have in the state. And to do that, we got to keep growing our economic base so they have a, a place to work. Uh, and, and I know you guys are cognizant of that. I know Dr. Keenum is too, and they're working hard about that. But we got to work together to. to do better at that
22: absolutely you know just this, this applies i think to all of our universities in the state but certainly i know and we've seen such a dramatic effort um and significant effort with mississippi state university on just the focus on entrepreneurship yeah you know that kind of we've got within a five minute walk of this space right here today we have several companies uh, yeah. you know that are that are valued in the millions that are direct results of entrepreneurship programs from mississippi state university yeah you
4: I don't know if you know this or not, but two years ago, I had the distinct honor and pleasure of having lunch with the entrepreneurship group on campus, (laughs) Air Academy, and uh, was able to uh, was fortunate to have the opportunity to address uh, sort of a joint meeting of the accounting and engineering students. 150 or so in that group. Fantastic group of yeah. aspiring students. And it's such a good feeling for me to just talk about entrepreneurship, my personal entrepreneurial journey. But I came away from that thinking that we were in good hands with the quality of students and youngsters that are serious about their own entrepreneurial uh, initiatives and efforts and that that's, yeah. that's what makes this country great man
22: absolutely and you know we see that i think even more so than in, in, in past generations generation z has a more a more Comprehensive understanding of what they want, and how they right. want. I really do, and, and that bodes well for uh, for the business environment, not only in Mississippi but beyond going forward. And fostering that at Mississippi State University uh, is just so vital. They've embraced it. I know they've. I've seen it firsthand. Yep. We are now seeing the results of those companies that are that start with a you know just a spark and an idea at the university, yeah. and we're seeing that. In, in our community directly. We're seeing it occupy space right here on Main Street.
4: And that's the way it should work. I mean, universities, the, their, their purpose is to, to serve the people, honestly, with uh, education and, and uh, exposure uh, to knowledge. And when they come through a university experience and they gain that exposure and they gain that insight and they, and they gain the mentorship, uh, from from university professors and others and so forth, even from the private sector. Uh, that's what stimulates uh, economic development and, more importantly, innovation, which is what drives productivity and wealth. Absolutely. And, and that comes right here from this university in Starkville. Absolutely. i got to tell you, I was most impressed with that group. And that program, it is it's top notch, and the questions I got from the students were spot on. They were they were thought through, they were serious, uh, th- they were relevant, and it, it's just a joy to be able to to interact with the young folks like that. And I think Mississippi's in good hands. We just got to keep them here in Mississippi. We want them to start their businesses uh, and and uh, pursue their their entrepreneurial. Um, Efforts and and aspirations right here in the state of Mississippi. And Starkville's a good place to do that.
22: Absolutely. Dr. Keenum, Eric Hill, Jeffrey Rupp, the people who run those programs, that entire team, they foster that type of environment. No question. Uh, Not only to have a good idea, develop it, and bring it to commercialization, but we want you right here in the state of Mississippi.
4: Yeah, and I thought it was so cool getting the accounting folks and the engineering folks together. I mean, it just made so much sense to me because... You know, the, the, the lines are starting to get fuzzy between all these disciplines uh, nowadays. And and though we are a specialized world, the fact is you can produce a whole lot more when you have broad exposure to a wide variety of disciplines and topics. These folks being entrepreneur uh, potential entrepreneurs understand that, and that's why they're involved with that. Yeah, yeah. Mike, great to have you again uh, in this segment, and thanks for staying with us through that. Great to be here, and thanks so much for all the hospitality. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you all for being here. You got it. We'll be right back. We've got Tom Brooks, director of Raspit Flight Laboratory here at Mississippi State. We're in Starkville, Mississippi. Starkville is America and Mississippi's college town. We'll be right back.
6: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and cutting needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, sunny skies, high near 79. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 56. Rolling into your Saturday, sunny skies, high near 83. Saturday evening, we have mostly clear conditions, low around 59. And for your Sunday, a beautiful day, sunny skies, high near 87. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha outboard
19: dealer in Brandon. Speaking to all men, if you're a stickler about your ride or your car looking just right, then why don't you take better care of yourself? Man Up MD is a concierge medical clinic, tailor-made for men of all ages. We offer convenient same-day appointments with personalized primary care and treatment plans designed for you to reclaim your energy and performance. Man Up MD can have you tuned up and ready for rocking down the highway. Check us out online
10: at
16: menshealthms.com. If your vehicle is ever damaged in a collision, please listen carefully.
8: One. Ugh!
1: A special invitation to join us weekday mornings six to nine. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis—all right here on Super Talk Jackson, ninety-seven
19: point three.
0: Check it out. Let's do this. The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's get on with it on Super Talk Mississippi.
4: Welcome back everyone, Middays with Gerard Gibbert. We're coming at you live from Starkville, Mississippi. We're in downtown Starkville. The weather is fantastic and uh, we're having a good time up here. Uh, Will is uh, spinning a little Def Leopard for us there as part of the bumper music. Appreciate that, Will, right on target. <laughs> joining us now, Tom Brooks, the director of the Raspit Flight Laboratory here at Mississippi State University. Tom, thanks so much for joining us today.
27: Well, thank you, Gerard. It's great to be here this morning.
4: Absolutely. So a lot of good stuff going on here in, our, in Starkville, but... Uh, uh, in particular, at the university and some of the things you guys are doing in the lab, tell us uh, our, our listeners exactly what uh, the Raspit Flight Laboratory—it's a research laboratory, right? It is tell indeed. Us yeah. Exactly what you guys are doing over there.
27: Well, great, yeah. So, uh, so the Raspit Flight Research Laboratory falls under the uh, Office of Economic uh, Development, Research and Economic Development, and we're focused—not uh, not exclusively, but primarily on applied research. And that distinction is, you know, we're actually doing something to solve problems. We're yeah. taking the academic research and taking that next step with it, working with our academics and, and doing flight testing, uh, implementing you know technologies and the kind of things that are that are designed to solve the problems at hand.
4: Yeah. So. I think, uh, like anything, like any any area uh, of society, honestly, uh, technology is uh, truly a factor in innovation and in development and advances across the spectrum. Flight is no exception to that. I think a lot of people think, well, we've kind of solved that problem. We have airplanes we fly around. Now we have drones, which have kind of uh, started to surface and and, uh, become more mainstream, really, across the planet. But there's a whole lot more to do, and I know that's what you guys are working on. So what's on the
27: horizon for us? Yeah, the the, the future of aviation is absolutely being shaped by unmanned technology. Yeah. Uh, I've been in this sector for a very long time, and and uh, honestly I've never seen uh, as progressive a movement of adoption, willing adoption of technology as I have with unmanned systems. Wow. Uh, it's remarkable what unmanned is doing in every aspect of aviation, from technology to research to, to regulation. Uh, the entire community, you know, we, we started started off 15 years ago, I would say, with a little unsure footing in terms of how well that technology was going to be adopted today. Everyone's pulling together, and yeah. it, it, it's, it, it is an exciting realm.
4: Well, I think the average person, uh, Tom, thinks about drones as, well, we fly them around and take video. Uh, that's kind of what the, the typical application is that folks are accustomed to and they're exposed to. But there's a whole lot more going on there as well. And, and uh, even from a video perspective, it's, it's not just, well, let me go take video so we can sort of capture images and then publish those on our Facebook. <laughs> but there's a lot more going on with respect to use of video in particular as, as, as a, an application for an unmanned uh, aircraft. Uh, tell us about some of that.
27: Yeah, sure. That's and and, and you know, taking the, the wide area photos and the and the great you know photo opportunities yeah. are certainly a part of unmanned, and that's sure. that's something that I think resonates with all of us. But uh, one one more practical application is that is, that is some research we recently did in, in concert and cooperation with with NOAA uh, out in the Mississippi Delta Delta region and yeah. And, yeah. and the aftermath of some of our recent historic flooding. Where uh, we flew a sensor at about four, on an aircraft at about 4,000 feet that was capable of resolving imagery down to uh, about six inches, uh-huh. and and that data immediately fed into uh, the Mississippi River River Flood Forecast Center's uh, prediction models, and then today, as a result of that, you know farmers know it's going to flood in two days, and that, that's information they simply didn't have before this research was undertaken, and and unmanned unlocked that capability.
4: That is incredible. So that uh, we've come a long way since my understanding of using uh, models in a model of the Mississippi River Basin, which was constructed, I think, back in the 40s or 50s uh, down around Clinton, Mississippi. And that's how they used to forecast that. But it wasn't as instant as uh, the tor- sort of technology we're talking about today. But that has all sorts of ramifications in, in not only economic benefit, but benefits in terms of safety. Um, and wildlife and vegetation and other outcomes as well, just from simple application of uh, really fairly sophisticated technology.
27: Absolutely. And, and, you know, as as an aviation traditionalist, um, you know, kind of coming into the unmanned sector, uh, as an aircraft designer in my career, I thought, you know, what's the big deal? It's just just another version of what we've been designing for a long time. What I failed to recognize in my infancy around unmanned is it's really not about the platform. It's about the technology that becomes accessible because that platform is so available at a very – the economics at, at a scale that we didn't see with manned aviation. See,
4: it's just a great uh, – that's just a great aspect of that, Tom, because I, I, I believe as, as a capitalist and, and one who's for the sky's the limit in terms of what people can produce and innovators can earn as a result of the value they create, it's about tools. And this is nothing but a tool, essentially, and those tools are used to produce other tools, and then those are used to produce societal value and that's a this is a great example of how that works and there's so much economic benefit to be gained from that we should welcome we should praise we could, we should embrace this phenomenon
27: and yeah, that's that's uh, societal value is absolutely the the right phrase uh, when we think about you know the difficulty in some of our uh, you know more sparsely populated regions of the you know the aging their inability to get to a drugstore for yeah. example you know unmanned technology can and can work with you know telemedicine providers and dispatch that medication you know right to their doorstep and and, and truly truly
4: uh, save lives. Another awesome example. So I have read accounts a uh, time of Boeing. Uh, maybe the world's, uh, them and Airbus, I guess, one or two in terms of being the world's largest maker of commercial aircraft. And they're working on unmanned commercial aircraft right now. A lot of folks may not know about that, but how weird would that be? You step onto, uh, t- uh, off the jetway and look uh, to the cockpit, left of the cockpit, and you say, well, there's nobody up there. How's this thing going to work? But that's coming, isn't it?
27: I, You know, it's a, there's a lot of debate on both sides of that argument. I think the potential is certainly there. It's not a technology limitation, yeah. really. Really, when you talk about uh, uh, you know the possibility of that kind of a scenario, you're really dealing more with social sciences. Yeah. It's about human acceptance and objection, and and what is perceived to be safe. Uh, you know, at our, over at our Center for Advanced Vehicular Systems, uh, they've done some phenomenal work. I'm certainly not qualified to talk about the research, but yeah. but anecdotally, uh, they're looking at you know kind of how humans accept driverless cars, yeah. and and it's remarkable what what you learn very quickly in terms of uh, it's just sort of our mindset and our psychology yeah, around you're right. the technology. Yeah, right. Good,
4: so. good point. That, but but as uh, the next generations age up and mature, they have a tendency to embrace that. In fact, you get to a point I believe when folks will get the young younger generations will get on an airplanes say. What do you mean? There's a pilot up there. I don't trust this thing. You know, you have the opposite That's, sort of approach.
27: We definitely see we definitely see the the migration of that mindset uh, over the course of years. The 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 catchphrase you know ten years ago where it was dealing with the drone threat. You know, drone threat was a very common yeah. commonly used phrase. Yeah. Uh, today we're talking about how do we safely integrate unmanned technology into today's you know national airspace system. So it it is definitely uh, you know a maturity of thought that comes with this, and that does take some time, and it takes some you know some yeah. some proof. And uh, we're moving that way. You know, when you
4: think about public-private partnerships, which I think are so valuable in in, in such a unique aspect of of this country, uh, you guys are really at the heart of that. I mean, you thrive on that, do you not? You've got the university, the research you guys are doing, and the research you're doing in your lab, but you've got this large number of very prominent uh, private partners as well. And this is how we work together to again produce that societal value.
27: That's, that's exactly right, and it's it's uh, I would say three tiered. It's you know it's our it's our para public, it's our first responders. They have uh, tremendous uh, you know tremendous value in the potential use of UAs as we discussed earlier. You know it's the FAA that's responsible for yeah. keeping our skies safe, yeah. and they're they're bought in on the technology. And of course, of course, the, the the direct benefactors of the technology, the uh, the private industry and the military, for that matter.
4: And so, yeah. what can we expect, Tom, with respect to commercialization? Of some of the technology you guys are developing here at the lab on on the campus.
27: Yeah, so so um, so today it's really all about. Uh, you know in terms of in terms of the next technology it's about addressing the need uh, under the current uh, regulatory structure the a manned aircraft is required to see and avoid other airplanes and so when you take the pilot out of the airplane how do you, how do, you do that so we're, we're focused very heavily on the technologies uh, that will show that that any uh, you know any system that replaces the pilot can be as safe as human observation
4: and, and a lot of that also involves a number as you know of, of other platforms and other technologies such as machine learning and artificial intelligence and all of these things are embedded uh into that ecosystem that makes all this possible this yep. is in fact this is why boeing says we just ain't producing enough pilots this is why we got to go to unmanned commercial aircraft plus it's it's getting to the point where um as an old private pilot myself you're getting some of this crowded airspace the communications between controllers and pilots it it's pretty hairy. You get around you get around um, Atlanta, for example, or Dallas, and it's that's going so fast. So how are people going to keep doing this? The answer is probably not. Eventually, that's just going to be machine to machine. And I'm I'm kind of going off on a tangent there, but it's related to a great. Now that, that is a key
27: key opportunity to make things safer, absolutely with technology.
4: Well, uh, I'm certainly impressed and really appreciate all the great work you guys are doing here at Mississippi State with the uh, Raspit Flight Research Laboratory. Keep up the great Work. We look forward to seeing lots of innovation coming out of uh, the university here. Great. Thank you. Thank you for, thank joining for the us. opportunity this morning. You got it. We'll take a break right here on middays. We'll come right back. We've got uh, Mayor Lynn Spruel's gonna join us at eleven fifty. page Hunt, Director of Tourism, here in Startville. And also Moe's Barbecue, Main Street Startville, is providing the food today, and it smells good in here. We'll be right back.
5: Good Things with Rebecca Turner is brought to you in part by Trust Care, where you'll find a team of experienced, knowledgeable, and friendly staff. Visit TrustCareHealth.com to schedule an appointment today. Trust Care. Feel better, faster.
16: What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, wh- what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth.
0: Hey, there's hair!
15: A year like no other deserves an event like no other. So that's why DNS Diamonds and Jewelry is offering store-wide savings of 25 to 60% off during our 32nd anniversary event. Many items are reduced 50 to 60%, including stackable rings, pearl strands, and estate jewelry. Even engagement rings are reduced. A small deposit holds your selection for Christmas or take up to 12 months to pay interest-free with approved credit. DNS Diamonds and Jewelry, 144 Market Street in Flowood in front of JCPenney.
9: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Supertalk Mississippi News. The Mississippi Supreme Court ruled in May that the state's initiative process is unconstitutional because it requires signatures to be gathered equally among five congressional districts to place an initiative on the ballot. The court said it was invalid since the state has only four districts. Speaker of the House, Philip Gunn.
8: You know, I actually called for a special session to reinstate it back earlier in the summer we are already talking about how to, to go about that. We do believe it's an important thing for the citizens, and we're going to find a way to make that put that back into the statute.
9: Only the governor can call a special session, and only he can dictate the agenda. And this week, someone from Manhattan bought the winning Mega Millions ticket, claiming a whopping four hundred thirty-two million. That means for tonight's Mega Millions drawing, the estimated jackpot starts over at 20 million. For tomorrow night's Powerball drawing, the estimated jackpot is now 523 million. I'm Andy Davis.
10: This is Jake Mangum, not some actor wearing a red shirt. Whenever I was up to bat at MSU, I would see Farm Bureau Insurance. They supported me then, and they take care of me now. I couldn't ask for more supportive teammates. If you aren't already with Farm Bureau, it's time to join the team. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance.
2: Go with the home team. Get ready for the Mighty Roots Music Festival, October 1st and 2nd on historic Stovall Farms in Clarksdale, Mississippi. Presented by Wade Incorporated. Musical appearances by Deer Tick, Keller Williams, Mystic Bowie's Talking Dreads, Radney Foster, and more. Campsites available, food trucks, vendors, and late-night music till 2 a.m. For tickets and more information, MightyRootsMusicFestival.com. Sponsored by Visit Mississippi and Visit Clarksdale. Come on and make your plans to spend the weekend with us at Mighty Roots Music
0: Festival. Midday's with Gerard Gibber. Welcome, welcome to our show on Super Talk Mississippi. Okay, now you have a good one.
4: with Gerard Gibbert. We are coming at you live from Mississippi's college town, Starkville, Mississippi. Beautiful day up here in Starkville, getting ready for the big game in town tomorrow over at Davis Wade Stadium, just a few miles from our uh, vantage point right here. Will East back in the studio today, so Will just saw a report, I mean just broke, that Moments before an interview was scheduled on The View, Vice President Kamala Harris and two hosts of The View tested positive for COVID. Oh! How about that? Whoa. Sonny Hostin, I think I said that right, maybe it's Hostin, and Anna Navarro, they are two of the hosts, they tested positive. This is being reported by... Uh, CNN. CNN. And, it's, in fact, I just looked it up. Now almost every news agency and, and media outlet has got the story. But apparently they had started the show, and they got ready, and they were taking off the broadcast. This is something weird. Wow.
5: So, yeah. Yeah, and then Joy Behar was coughing openly into her hand, which you're not supposed to do, on yeah. live television.
28: <laughs> didn't Whoa! <laughs> uh,
4: it's just more of this do as i say not as i do stuff that just drives folks absolutely batty crazy and uh so there you go uh i guess that means that she will have to be quarantined right in accordance with the protocols as is <laughs> uh outlined by the cdc she's gonna have to go take a break and go back to the uh, vice presidential mansion, or the home, whatever the heck it's called. That,
5: she's at the uh, Naval uh, Observatory. That,
4: okay. That's, yeah.
5: that's right. That's exactly right.
4: That's where it is. My bad. So yeah. I guess she's not so, going
5: to be visiting the border because she's the border czar, right?
4: Negative. She she will not go. Uh, so, by the way, up here in Starkville, you know, the great Jack Crystal, who used to do the play-by-play for the Bulldogs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He would always like to say the forward line of the bulldog surges, but he cannot go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she will not go. And the president, he doesn't seem to be interested in visiting the border either. He got asked by none other than Peter Doocy, <laughs> young Peter of Fox News. Actually, he did. And his press secretary, Jean Saki, she got asked. Uh, do you know if the president's ever been to the border? And she said, uh, We might have some sound on that, do we? Well, yeah, I can't we got remember it. if I seen you something. Play that sound, if you will.
19: Never been to the southern border
11: in his life, yes, I will have to get look back in my history books and check the times he's been to the southern we
19: border. We have been Happy looking check. all morning and we cannot find any record of him visiting the border as president, vice president, senator, or even as a concerned citizen. Why would that be? You're telling us that the DHS chief has the most recent numbers about how many of these Haitians under the bridge have been sent back and how many have been released into the U.S. The DHS chief is telling us that he doesn't know. So who else can we ask? Thank you.
11: You can certainly ask the Department of Homeland Security. I am confident, Peter. I am confident he wanted to have the most up-to-date numbers, and we will venture to get you those, I promise you, this afternoon.
19: Is this an issue of not knowing, or is this an issue of a lot more people are being released into the U.S. than are being sent out?
11: That is certainly not the issue. First, I think it's important to reiterate what I conveyed earlier about uh, what the actual process is. Uh, Individuals are expelled under Title 42. If they can't be expelled under Title 42, they are put into a removal process. If they are put into a removal process, they're either transported to an ICE facility or released with a legal document. That legal document includes fingerprints, photos, phone numbers, an address in the United States, and a background check. That's the process that transpires. That's a part of our immigration process, regardless of where you're coming from. And
5: just because you keep using type... Wow. So, uh... He asks her, and you could tell, you couldn't see the video, but you can tell that she was just, and she used the term, I'll have to go back into my history books or it. record books or something like that.
4: <laughs> yeah, but uh, obviously any good reporter, uh, before they ask that sort of question, especially about a public figure where that's that uh, information would be available, uh, they've already researched it. So it was a bit of a rhetorical question, and he kind of set her up. Well, we did our research, and we can't find any evidence that the president has ever been either as the president, the vice president, a senator, or as a concerned citizen. And he kind of scolded her in that respect. So, but why won't he go? It's pretty obvious, isn't it? He won't go because if he were to travel to the border, you know the television cameras are going to be there, too. And, and they would be hard-pressed to escape incorporating and capturing images of what is a, just a mess, a boondoggle, a huge dang problem. They, couldn't, they just couldn't air any footage without showing that. And so he would be faced with it. I also think you see a lot of the uh, local elected officials come out and express their discontent with the situation. Because they already are in the public square, but they would have the opportunity to do that in person firsthand. Was it Al Sharpton that I think went down there yesterday, and he he got an earful from people Mm -hmm. uh, about the situation. And and so now there are reports that airplanes are being used to ferry some of the immigrants around. They're just dropping in. It's at night. Why is everything? Why why is everything uh, sort of on the QT? Why can't we just do things out in the open and transparently? Uh, well, they, they just attempt to disguise everything and conceal and and uh, obfuscate. Uh, everything and and i think people are wising up and i think the poll numbers reflect this you just these these images are just more powerful than any word so what does he do he goes on uh, national television this morning and all he does is, is is talk about economic matters and taxing those dirty greedy rich people and and uh you know how unfair everything is so by the way yesterday Yesterday, in the midst of all this turmoil in Afghanistan, on the border, and crime, and inflation, and the things that I think most Americans are genuinely uh, concerned about, what does he do? The White House publishes a blog. They call it a blog. This is on the White House website, folks. And the, the title of this publication is, What is the average federal income tax rate on the wealthiest Americans? And he goes on to say that the average individual income tax uh, rate paid by the, America's 400 wealthiest families is less than uh, the public at large, the average public at large. And he says that he thinks it's in the 8.2% range. All right, now follow me here. And that is less than the average of uh, the, the typical household in America, in the middle class. There's only one problem with this analysis. <laughs> I can't even believe they published this. It says, and I'm quoting, that's of course using a relatively comprehensive measure of their income that includes income from unsold stock. Right? So you don't recognize income On the sale of securities, such as stock, equities, bonds, other assets, financial instruments, you don't recognize income on that until you sell it for a profit. Because you may, in fact, sell it for a loss or incur a loss. You may never sell it. That's the way our system works. To tax unsold stock is to tax wealth. Is to confiscate assets. Let's call it what it is. It's communism. That is communism. That's not socialism. That is communism. Taxing wealth, confiscating wealth. That is communism. Just going to call it what it is. So that is, so that's the measurement. Well, the measurement is is based on unsold stock, not actual incurred recognized income so think about your own situation if you had to pay taxes on paper gains unrealized gains gains that are just expressed on the basis of the change in value of when you acquired that asset in the present so what happens in the year where, and you don't sell it, you, you don't dispose of it. What happens in the year that it declines? Do you get to recognize the losses and offset prior taxes paid on unrecognized gains? No. You're just out of luck. But this is being, this is representing something in a disingenuous way. And it just really aggravated me. Oh, unsold stock. Hmm. Incredible. Time for a break here on Middays. When we come back, we've got the mayor of the great city of Starkville, Lynn Spruill, is going to join us. Stay with us. We're coming at you live from Mississippi's college town, Starkville.
19: dot net
20: This is the Midday Agri-Market Report. The agriculture is the top industry in the state of Mississippi. 17% of the state's workforce is employed in the agricultural industry, which generates $7.3 billion a year. And with agricultural agricultural worksite being described as on the farm, it's the only work location in the U.S. where children at any age can be present. More than 2 million youth under the age of 20 are exposed to farm-related safety hazards. And since this is the National Farm Safety, and health week is designated since 1944 to promote the safety on the farm and throughout the agricultural industry fall is one of the busiest seasons of the year for farmers and the annual event since 1944 promotes the general safety on the farm and throughout the ag industry as promoted by OSHA and the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation's safety education website. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Talk Mississippi Agri-News Network.
26: Where has the Pioneer audio tour taken me today? I'll give you a hint. In my left hand, I'm holding a clump of soil. And its color? Red. I'm at Pioneer's R&D Center in Union City, Tennessee. It's the middle of July, and it's 98 degrees. I'm here to talk about the corn revolution. Pioneer's advances in genetics, breeding, technology, and testing. Now, normally when you think of corn, you think Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Nebraska, Kansas, the usual suspects. But Pioneer knows red dirt as well as black. With research centers, test plots, breeders, and agronomists outside what we traditionally think of as the corn belt. This way, Pioneer can develop local products for local farms wherever they are. The R&D Center in Union City, Tennessee. Another place that makes Pioneer, Pioneer. You'll hear more from me later. For now, let your local Pioneer sales representative hear from you.
11: Tune in to Good Things with me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. Right here on Supertalk Jackson 97.3. Properly
1: set. Controls before
3: recording. All systems go. The talk that keeps Mississippi talking.
0: Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi.
4: back, everyone. You've got Gerard Gibbert coming at you live on Middays, live from Starkville, Mississippi. We're downtown on Main Street. At the uh, Greater Development Partnership uh, in the facility, there we got joining us now the mayor of the great city of Starkville, Mayor Lynn Spruill. Good morning, there, Mayor. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. I wouldn't miss
29: it for the world. Glad to have you in town.
4: Well, glad to be here. So, uh, did you order up this perfect weather? I did. I did. (laughs)
29: Do you appreciate
4: it? Well, so far, everybody (laughs) I've asked is taking credit for it. So, (laughs) but no, it, it is fantastic, and you got the big football game rolling in tomorrow. You got all the. Visitors to your city coming up from uh, LSU and Louisiana. That's always fun, welcoming the Tigers uh, into town. You're going to have a good time with that.
29: No question about it. We love having
4: visitors. Yeah. Uh, So you guys have had uh, some phenomenal growth up here. Uh, in Starkville, and, and it shows because on on my way in, I could just see the uh, uh, the results of that. You've got lots of new structures, lots of traffic, uh, lots of buzz out and about, and certainly here in this downtown area, which is really a cool downtown. Uh you got to be proud of that. You you've done a lot of good stuff in that respect.
29: Oh, I'm very proud of it. And it's taken the the entire community is on board with the growth and the development and appreciating people coming in as visitors, having people come in as uh second homes. Yeah. We're really excited about it. And of course, the having the university here is is the symbiotic relationship is just wonderful.
4: So. Yeah. Well, it's it's got to be kind of neat because uh, all mayors don't don't have that that sort of uh, opportunity and the in that unique uh, situation of benefit to have a major university uh, a, connected to your town essentially oh
29: like gosh that. that's that's just the best that can be because yeah. we've got you know we've got everything you could possibly want we've got sports we've got education we've got uh you know parks recreation of any of any number of forms yeah. it's just a it's a great way to go and I love the fact that we can feel as though we're flow from the from city hall to Lee Hall that's kind of okay. the the theme there you can walk from one end of town all the way to the other and, and back again and there's always something to see and do and stop for so
4: yeah very cool so uh, what about uh, some economic development projects that you're working on now, uh, Mayor? Anything in particular that you can talk to us about and share
29: with us? Has oh, you got go well, on? I can talk about all kinds well, of things. Let's go. We could just be here for a while. <laughs> uh, well, when I, I came into office in uh, 2017, and one of the first things we did was uh, join with the county and the link development to create North Star Park, which is on the north side of town. Yeah. And so we've got a nice development going over there, Garen Manufacturing, that was back when I was a child here, because I grew up up here, Garen was on Highway 12 and they have stayed with the city of Startwell and moved up to that North Star Park we've got a spec pad going in so we have lots of things we anticipate that to have a a big impact on the growth on the north side of town and then we um, passed a 1% referendum on uh, uh, adding 1% Sent to our food and beverage tax, okay. and we we are building, and, and it's going vertical now. The cornerstone park, which is going to be a, a major sports tournament and recreation facility for us, so that's the west side of town.
4: It's got to be big business, hasn't it? It is like huge business. like that. It, uh, it is
29: absolutely huge business in ways that I certainly didn't realize until somebody who was on the on the board of aldermen actually they got kids, yep. and they said we're going every weekend. Yeah. We want to be here. Yeah. So you know, and we how do you not use the university to tie in for? Us? So we sure. were not um, uh, utilizing one of our biggest assets to create that relationship between Duty Noble and yeah. now we've got Cornerstone Park. So we've got folks coming in. We can build baby bulldogs. That's yeah. that's kind of my mantra.
4: <laughs> Absolutely a great idea. So we just had Tom Brooks on, as, as you indicated, before we came on the air. You, you caught a little bit of that interview and just fascinating stuff going on over there at the Rasput Flight Research Laboratory. Tom doing a fantastic job and, and kind of uh, leading the way, really, in the country in a... Uh, aviation research in particular in unmanned aviation but you have a little background in that too as well do you not
29: i have a little bit of background in that tell I, us about I, that I, well i was a na- <laughs> i was a naval aviator yeah, I, yeah. I actually learned to fly when i was in high school my father wanted to make sure i stayed busy and out of trouble yeah it worked for the most part so i, yeah. I learned to fly in high school and yeah. then i got recruited uh, by the navy and went into their very early experimental program okay. for for women being pilots and so uh, i got my little you know, fifteen minutes of fame by being a first carrier qualified female. I'll be darn. So then I went to fly for a corporate and flew for Delta for almost twenty years. So wow. did a little bit of flying in my yeah, day.
4: That's that's just awesome. Well, uh I am just uh um uh, a private pilot to have a little flight experience so i guess i could call myself an aviator but not to the, certainly the scale that you were but there's kind of a special bond between aviators is, is there not
29: oh yeah you gotta love it and even I mean, a little guy like me and, well, so. you, and you appreciate it you know it's one of the it's the most expensive uh hobby <laughs> yeah. you could possibly have which is why i did it professionally <laughs> yeah I, I wanted i could fly but i didn't have to pay for it that's so.
4: awesome uh, well, we've got a break right here. You want to hang with us to talk some more about I the mean, great things of Starkville?
29: you I wouldn't miss <laughs> talking about Starkville for the world.
4: That is so awesome. We've got the mayor of Starkville, Mississippi, Lynn Spruill, as our guest. We'll step aside right here for Super Talk News, Fox News, when we come back. More with the mayor uh, from downtown Starkville, Mississippi's college town. Stay with us. <laughs>
0: You're listening to WFMN, Flora Jackson. Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Barone's Tree Pros. Online at BaronistreePros.com.
23: Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. President Biden says there's a stalemate over passing the bipartisan infrastructure plan in Congress and the Democrats' go-it-alone big spending plan, but that both will get done.
0: Second point I'd like to make. We talk about price tags. It is zero price tag on the debt. We're paying, gonna pay for everything we spend. The president
23: after White House remarks urging everyone eligible to get coronavirus vaccine boosters and for unvaccinated Americans to get the shots. The results of an election audit in Arizona are being announced this afternoon.
15: We don't know what the Arizona Senate Cyber Ninjas review will show despite multiple unconfirmed draft versions of the report circulating that shows Joe Biden is the official winner in Maricopa County in the 2020 vote. We're also told the report will come with a number of recommendations to address perceived errors in the 2020 vote.
23: is Jeff Benasso. America's listening to Fox News.
19: As locals, ADS Security is committed to keeping the community safe. We're the same great company, same local office, with the same local service you've counted on for years.
5: Visit us in Gluckstadt. ADS Security, 601-898-3105.
6: Call today. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at Fourth and Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283.
19: Ever feel like making an appointment with your doctor takes a lot of time, only to feel rushed through the actual appointment? Avoid the hassle at Capital Ortho, where our board-certified, fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeons are waiting to treat
4: you immediately with one-on-one professional and personal patient care. Both you and your time matter to the staff at Capital Ortho. To schedule your same-day appointment, call 601-987-8200 or visit
9: CapitalOrtho.com. i Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The number of victims shot Thursday at a Collierville, Tennessee Kroger, has increased. Police Chief Dell Lane shares the latest information.
28: We received information earlier that, and we were able to confirm that we uh, have the number of shot is 15 now. Um, they're in stable condition. Uh, thankfully, our prayers were answered. We didn't lose anybody overnight. There's still some people that are battling, so continue to pray for them as well. One
9: woman was killed, and the gunman identified as 29 year old UK Thang reportedly died from a self inflicted gunshot wound. And a 12 page draft of the legislature's medical marijuana bill has been released. This would be the language debated if Governor Tate Reeves chooses to call a special session on the issue. You can read the draft of the bill at supertalk.fm. For Supertalk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
21: What's my core value?
9: Tomorrow is National If You See Something, Say Something Awareness Day. It was designated by the Department of Homeland Security to emphasize the importance of suspicious activity reporting during National Preparedness Month. Public Safety Commissioner Sean Tindall says by being alert and reporting suspicious activity, citizens can help keep their families, neighborhoods, and communities safe. And region play begins for most tonight in Mississippi high school football, and there are plenty of high-profile matchups.
25: Two undefeated contenders in 6A will face off in the game of the night as Madison Central travels to Starkville. In 5A, fresh off their Crosstown Classic victory, Lafayette is on the road at West Point. In a non-region matchup, Knoxby County will host Louisville for the annual Toothpick Bowl. After knocking off Oak Grove last week, Greenville Christian takes on Raleigh. For scores from around the state tonight, visit supertalk.fm
9: slash highschool. For Supertalk Mississippi News, I'm Aidy Davis.
19: Richard Cross. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State, every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3.
0: Welcome to the show that challenges you to to think deeply and look beyond political posturing. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi.
4: Welcome back everyone thanks so much for joining us you're tuned into middays with gerard Gibbard. we're coming at you live from uh, mississippi's college town starkville mississippi the bulldog nation knows that starkville is mississippi's college town it's a history town an arts and a music town it's also a dining and shopping town offering many unique restaurants and shops starkville is also certified as a mississippi hometown retirement community and it's a great place to retire. And the food today, it's noon, it's food time, it's lunch time, right? So uh, it sure looks good, it smells good too, so um, it's awfully tempting. But we got to do a show here, we're going to eat later. The uh, Moe's Barbecue on Main Street in Starkville has provided the food for today. They're open Monday through Saturday, 11 to 8. They offer a casual atmosphere during the day and a high-energy bar scene at night. Bingo night, Tuesdays, trivia night, Wednesdays, a variety of live entertainment on Friday and Saturday nights. Call 662-320-6637 for award-winning barbecue and other items for takeout, delivery, or catering. Check out their tailgate menu on their website, Moe's Original Barbecue.com That's the website that you can visit Our guest uh, on the show is Lynn Spruill She's the mayor of Starkville So, uh, M- Mayor The college games Or the big games, I should say In a college town like this Really do draw lots of folks uh, Both um, Mississippi State fans That that uh, don't live in Starkville But come back to, to visit uh, Their alma mater, their university Take in the game And, of course, uh, the visiting team's fans as well, they descend upon the town. It's got to be a pretty good economic shot in the arm for the city.
29: No question. And we, we welcome it, we relish it, and we want them to want to come back whether there's a game or not. So we try to be the best host we can, and uh, we, it's proven proven to be a good thing for us over time. We certainly have a whole lot of alumni that come back for second homes sure. to, to see the games, and we have actually a whole lot of parents who follow their kids to school. Yeah, And that was one of the things that I was struck by because I would have been mortified if my folks had followed me to <laughs> school. (laughs) but in this case it's a different time and they enjoy it and and everybody seems to have a great time
4: yeah so likely to have a packed crowd tomorrow with great weather and big game
29: absolutely big game first sec game for us here in town so we are very excited all the tailgating is up and going so we're really looking forward to it And i know our restaurants are, are packed and the reservations are made so
4: yeah. So I got a text here on the ceasefire text line from Jason I wanted to pass on. It says, I like Mayor Spruill. She gets the big picture, especially regarding COVID and risk reduction. I'm a fan. So where do you stand now, Mayor? What what sort of restrictions, if any, do you have in place in Storm?
29: Well, we really don't have any restrictions. Okay. Uh, what we have done is we've acknowledged that, it's, that it was an issue. And back during the time before the vaccines, we had the mask requirements in place. And we yeah. followed the university as, as they kept theirs in place up until graduation of April. April 30th of this year. And then once that was done with the vaccine, we assumed that it was it was time to move forward. And, and you know, clearly there are po- folks who are still not comfortable uh, without a mask. And yeah. I certainly understand that. But uh, we're trying to do our best to get back to normal. And so the the vaccine is a huge piece of that, in my opinion. Yeah. And we have uh, we've requested our employees for the city, who certainly have a public responsibility in interacting with the public on a regular basis, yeah. to either be vaccinated or wear masks. And so, you know, that's been that's been our one response, in particular. That's specific to what we can do as a city and through our employees. How's that been received by the staff? Uh, they've been very very willing to do so. I, we have a good number that are not interested in getting vaccinated, and that certainly is their prerogative. But the they are required to wear a mask, which yeah. they are doing.
4: Okay. Uh, what are your political plans? You happy being mayor? You want to do something different? Um, Seek something, shall we say, maybe a little bit
29: higher on the political s- scale? What are not you thinking? At, not at all. I love local politics. It's yeah. where you the rubber meets the road. I get to fill pot, or, or I don't personally fill them, but I personally pick up trash. Yeah. We, know, we fill <laughs> potholes. We fix water lines. We do things that are impactful on a day-to-day yeah. basis to people. And I'm also a great believer in term limits, and this, this is my second term, okay. and I have made no bones about it. Uh, people need to be planning on what they want to do because there will be a vacancy coming up, okay. and, and I think it's important. Important. You need to have turnover. You need to have new new ideas, new thoughts. So I'm am a believer, and I have to apply that to myself.
4: Well, I got to ask you: do, do you believe that should be applied uh, yes. at the state level? Okay, yes. you, you know the I, answer there. I don't, there, don't so. even okay. have to
29: hesitate. I Fair do, enough. I do think people need to have turnover, new ideas, and and that sort of thing. And, and there is a there's definitely a leg up that comes with being in office.
4: Yeah. I think, I think there's no doubt about that. It, it's a financial leg up. It's a name ID leg up. It's a, well, I better kind of hitch hitch up on, on this wagon because they're more likely to win and I want to make sure I'm, you know, in good favor. All that is at play. It and does. that's why we end up just sending the same people, even if maybe we had better options. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. Well, and so. nobody
29: says that you have to sit out forever. I just yeah. think you need to sit out and go home for a term. Yeah. Or- and then you can come back and do whatever. I think
4: that makes sense, and I think it's it's uh, fair to say that's consistent with the way the uh, the Founding Fathers kind of thought about the way our government ought to work. I think it's consistent with that for what that's worth. But uh, So I respect uh, you for uh, being honest about that and for stating your position on, on that. I, I happen to um, share... Your views on that as as well. I I uh, I think it comes down to voters, and I, I'd like to see our voters take a little bit more of an interest in understanding the candidates, and uh, and their policy positions, and their character, and maybe focus less so on just the person and, and kind of the the persona shall we say yeah so, well,
29: and it's hard to do in sound bites because that's all we listen yeah, to anymore. Yeah, you're it's right just, right you know about a, that. a five second 10 second 30 second clip you don't know what you got and unfortunately not enough people vote i mean we how do we, how do we get people out to vote you know that is that is a challenge and it is shameful for us that we aren't finding that you know less than 30 percent are normally out actually exercising their rights
4: yeah I, I totally agree with you that we talk about that uh, a lot on the show is, you know, what we got and especially the young people that don't seem to take as much of an interest in uh, exercising that that civic right and responsibility to get out and, uh, and vote. And in my view, really, you should be quiet. Then, if you're not happy with the way things are going, if you didn't get out and vote and exercise that right,
29: Right. it does kind of let you lose your credibility.
4: Absolutely. (laughs) Well, but certainly as 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 a mayor, as as the leader of a community like this, I mean, uh, I know you said it a little bit tongue in cheek, but picking up trash and fixing potholes and stuff like that, you're so right in that you get to interact with the people who who do feel directly the impact of those things it's just kind of uh, routine in their lives on a daily basis. I, actually, much more so than at the federal level.
29: Oh, absolutely. And I have told any time I speak to a group, you know, local local politics is going to impact you more directly than just about anything. Yeah. So if you aren't getting out to vote, and that's a that's a direct vote. That's not a representative vote. That yeah. is a direct vote. That's a good point, yeah. And and it really matters in ways. It may be sexy to vote for president, but it, it is impactful to vote for your mayor or your alderman or your councilman. Yeah. So that's where you really need to be thinking what you're doing yeah so uh, you and the alderman you have a good working relationship we do we have a very good working relationship we respect one another's differences and there certainly are you've got sure. eight people sitting there and of course yeah. i have no vote whatsoever all i've right. got is a bully pulpit right uh, but you've got seven people who are uh very very respectful of each other's opinions and that's that's the best way to be you're, yeah. you're civil but you can disagree and not be disagreeable sure
4: uh, it makes total sense and uh, all too often unfortunately uh so much of everything that's said every vote that's cast every action that's taken is all with an eye towards the next election cycle Um, i want
29: to give you can i give you my quote yeah all right from from me to anybody you did not get elected to get (laughs) reelected you got elected to do the
4: right thing that's that's a good point uh but uh do you agree with my assessment there? That, that yeah, absolutely.
29: Yeah. Which is why I say that. You know, yeah. we're not here to get reelected. We're here to do what we think is right for the people, for the people who elected us. I
4: totally agree. All right. So, what about the uh, the Starkville Partnership here, uh, right here where we are in this building? This has been a, a a critical part of developing the economy and just really making Starkville a very livable community.
29: Oh, no question. And this is the first stop that people make when they come into town. They're going to go to your chamber or your your community development office and this is the perfect location it's yeah. right downtown easy to get to and incredibly good staff who know exactly what Startwell's got and what we can offer and where to send people it's a wonderful relationship yeah
4: and i and i agree i've, I've met several of the staff this morning they've been uh, incredibly gracious and uh very outgoing and of course had mike tiger the president ceo on early uh, earlier on the program so it seems like it's in good hands from that perspective oh, it's, in,
29: it's in great hands we yeah. couldn't be in better position to move forward from an economic development standpoint and just the future. Yeah. Well, Mayor, thanks so much
4: for joining us today. And congratulations on all the success here in, in Starkville. A, a great deal of that is attributed to, I believe, your leadership in, in that respect. So and thanks for having us today.
29: Thank you very much. Yeah,
4: appreciate it. We'll be right back with more Middays. Stay with
10: us.
19: was a place where we could sample wines before we buy
24: there is. Colony Bistro and Wine Bar just opened right next door to Colony Wine Market in Madison. They have 32 wines by the glass, wine flights, and the food is terrific.
6: Yes, get your purse, sweetie. Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com.
12: Pediatric care is more than treating a child when they are sick. It is a healthcare journey from infancy to adolescence. Dr. Catherine Philippi, pediatrician at Trust Care Kids in Madison. We build lasting relationships with parents based on trust. From pediatric primary care and well child checkups to after hours visits, our specialists provide quality care, usually within an hour, so that your child will feel better faster. To schedule an appointment, visit TrustCareHealth.com and click Trust Care Kids. Trust Care. Feel better faster.
1: rogers Dev Chevrolet is Mississippi's largest general motor Business Elite Dealer. We make it easy to maintain your fleet with over 100 work ready vehicles available for your job site diesel, gas, trucks, vans, and service bodies. And we build to your business specifications. It really is easier with Rogers Dabs Fleet. Call the Rogers Dabs Business Elite Fleet Team today at 866 671 4226 or visit us online at RogersDabs.com. Rogers Dabs Chevrolet. Find new roads.
25: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to the Ben Shapiro show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson.
0: The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. We're rolling. Hit it, go, play it. Middays with Gerard Gilbert on Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs>
4: back with you we are coming at you live from starkville mississippi will east back in the studio holding things down appreciate that today uh will for the vacationing rhino who just had a birthday a couple of days ago so and we'll be back in the studio of course on monday so while the president was lecturing us about the need for the the wealthy and those greedy corporations to pay their fair share by the way he said that seven times in his speech last week regarding his domestic agenda fair share seven times a new report that just came out literally last evening shows that the president himself might owe, in fact, as much as $500,000
5: in back taxes. You see this, Will? I did see that. five hundred, half a million dollars. And I guess most of this has to do with <clears throat> not his income as a public official, but his book sales, right? Well, speaking. Oh, speaking. Honorary. Of yeah.
4: Yeah. He and his wife. Some $13 million bucks that they earned. Um, that they that they earned mainly from speaking fees, some of that from their their book uh, revenue as well. But and so what he did, just to explain is he he set up a sub S corporation, a pass through entity, if you will, and he ran he routed all the income through that entity, and in an effort to avoid Medicare taxes. Okay, so the, yeah, so see, the way that works is the the uh, the income of a pass through entity of sub S. This is typically the way a small and mid sized businesses are are organized and and registered with the IRS. It's it's fully legal, a sub S corporation. So what happens is the income, the net profit, if you will, of the entity flows through to the individual shareholders of the sub S. Uh, and in doing so, that that net profit is not subject to the Medicare tax, which, by the way, uh, does not have a, a limit. Meaning that that all income is essentially subject to it. However, Social Security taxes they they max out at I can't remember the current number, 142 grand something something in that neighborhood. So. You're really not saving anything with respect to having a sub-S structure from a Social Security perspective. But from a Medicare perspective, you are. And that's thus the roughly 3.5% that would be due on that $13 million of income could cause a little bit of a problem there for the president. But. Is this just not, to me, so maddening while you're lecturing us about needing to pay our fair share and all this garbage? How about you, Mr. President? How about you paying your dang fair share? I mean, this is just rich, in my view, and no pun intended.
5: It it goes back to that whole thing, like with masks. It's do as I say, not as I do. Yes, exactly. But... I mean,
4: on the heels, like a day after, you're telling us (laughs) about your plans and how unfair everything is and how we're... He said, said, by the way, this morning, we've got to give the middle class some breathing room. We've got to give tax breaks. By the way, there is what he describes as a a trillion dollars of so-called tax breaks. Okay, that's the way he describes them in... Uh, this bill right but it's really disingenuous to refer to them as tax breaks let's just call them what they are they're just direct payments so child tax credits and and more credits and deductions for dependent care and child care and and uh uh, community college and health care all this stuff that he's calling tax breaks it's really just money coming from the government being deposited in your account it's not really related to your tax liability the goal of course and the result would be even more households in this country having uh paying zero income taxes Uh, a report just recently a, a rather stunning report reflected that uh, 61% of the households in this country, 61% pay no income taxes, paid none in 2020. To a great extent, that's because of the stimulus payments, the child tax credit payments. But, but they want to make all that stuff permanent and extend even more credits, which means that we're going to, Put more people, move more households into the ranks of those that pay no income taxes and expect more of the operations of the government and, and just government revenue to come from a tiny sliver, these 400 households, 400. We want 400 households essentially to power this country from a financial perspective. But that's considered fair. I'm struggling with that. 400 out of 110 million? That doesn't make any sense to me. But now we got the president. It has been revealed that uh, owes as much as 500 grand in back taxes. Uh, That just is just mind-boggling. So a fantastic article was published in the Wall Street Journal by Dan Henniger. He is, of course, a member of the Wall Street Journal editorial board. And, Will, the, the title of this article is Joe Biden, and in parentheses, you know how typically when you see a, a politician's name uh, published, you will always see uh, in parentheses, usually in italics, uh, the, the party and the, the, the district or the state, uh, which they represent, mm-hmm. right? You'll see, you'll see, like the capital D or capital R representing the party affiliation, and then maybe a hyphen or a comma uh, for the state or the district uh, that they represent. In this this article is entitled "Joe Biden" in parentheses, D period comma socialist. <laughs> that's that's what Dan Hanniger calls him. But what he does is he he makes uh, a lot of great points about what uh, Mr. Biden has kind of said, but then what he does and how much he has sort of evolved, I think being pulled in the direction, of course, of uh, the left, the far left caucus uh, in within his party. And so he just calls it as he sees it and comes out and says, Joe Biden, <laughs> Democrat Socialist. It, and when he introduced this budget bill, for example, this is what Dan Henniger writes, talking about uh, Joe Biden, when he introduced this $3.5 trillion budget bill, really $7 trillion. It is a budget that reflects the fact that trickle-down economics has never worked. And any time I hear this statement that's never worked or this country has really not, never been a good country, it's never been exceptional, I can't help but look around. I look around just with my own eyes, and I say, well, really? It's never worked? I see a lot of people that seem to be doing pretty well. That doesn't mean everybody is, but is it because of, of government policy? I submit it's government policy that is holding that segment of the population that is not realized the full benefit and opportunity of this country. It's them. It's them. They're the ones that are suppressing opportunity, that are keeping us from achieving our full potential. But good grief, compare it to the rest of the world. How can you not say this country is exceptional? Just right here where I am, in downtown Starkville, Mississippi, I look out and I see people walking on the streets on the sidewalks. I see these fantastic businesses and shops and restaurants and so forth. We just had a great conversation with the mayor. We had Tom Brooks from the um, unmanned aviation laboratory on the campus. We had Mike Taggart that runs the development partnership here. This is not exceptional. People aren't doing well. It's not. never worked. I say horse hockey to that. Wake up, man. I'm so tired of these naysayers, of these... Of these glasses half empty garbage. I mean, it just you got to at some point take some stock in accomplishments, learn from those accomplishments, uh, and also analyze what maybe uh, needs improvement and move forward. That's the, that's the whole idea. That's what the founder said to create a more perfect union and to continue to aspire for that. We just got to stop with the "I hate America" junk. I'm sick of it. I love America, and I'm not ashamed to say it. We'll take a break right here on Middays. We're coming at you live from Starkville, Mississippi, Mississippi's college town. Stay with us.
6: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and cutting needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, sunny skies, high near 79. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 56. Rolling into your Saturday, sunny skies, high near 83. Saturday evening, we have mostly clear conditions, low around 59. And for your Sunday, a beautiful day, sunny skies, high near 87. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction, online at
16: NoDripMS.com.
19: Hi, I'm Dr. Will Umflett with Capital Dental. We at Capital Dental want you to be confident in a bright and healthy smile that you can be proud of. We provide teeth whitening to brighten your smile. Book your appointment today at CapitalDentalInc.com. Capital Dental, located in Northeast Jackson on Lakeland Drive.
25: The Waterford and Ridgeland understands that during this pandemic, choosing the right retirement community is more important than ever. Not only do our residents enjoy exceptional services, but also the peace of mind that comes from knowing their health and safety are our number one priority. With Safe in mind, our families are able to engage with loved ones during this pandemic, not disconnect. The Waterford offers spacious studios, one and two bedroom apartments. Come see why more people are making the safe step to retirement living at the Waterford today. Call us at 601-856-6131.
14: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News.
9: The number of victims shot Thursday at a Collierville, Tennessee, Kroger has increased. Police Chief Dell Lane shares the latest information.
28: We received information earlier that, and we were able to confirm that we uh, have the number of shot is 15 now. Um, they're in stable condition. Uh, Thankfully, our prayers were answered. We didn't lose anybody overnight. There's still some people that are battling, so continue to pray for them as well.
9: One woman was killed, and the gunman identified as 29-year-old U.K. Thang reportedly died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. And a 12-page draft of the legislature's medical marijuana bill has been released. This would be the language debated if Governor Tate Reeves chooses to call a special session on the issue. You can read the draft of the bill at supertalk.fm. For Supertalk Mississippi News, I'm Amy Davis.
18: When it comes to your business IT solutions, smarter is better. Meet the authority from C Spire. Our team of super specialized engineers partner with businesses of all sizes, taking on their toughest IT challenges while finding new opportunities connectivity, data security, cloud services, you name the tech, we have a specialist for it. Ceasefire Business. Win with authority. Your partners in IT. Get connected to the fastest internet speeds available. Visit cspire.com business.
25: MTV is celebrating 40 years and Grammy Museum Mississippi invites you to explore the history of this iconic exhibit. Take a trip back to the beginning with artifacts and interviews with four remaining MTV VJs. Enjoy memorabilia from Michael Jackson to Bon Jovi with historical moments in mtv programming along with interactives and more to learn more about the mtv turns 40 i still want my mtv exhibit and other monthly programs and events visit grammymuseumms.org
4: Welcome back, everyone. days with Gerard Gibbard is uh, back with you, coming at you live from Starkville, Mississippi today. Beautiful day outside, and we got food here at the uh, Starkville Partnership. Food provided by Moe's Barbecue, Main Street in Starkville. So come on down, folks. If you're in the area, come see us. We are right in the heart of Main Street. And uh we got the food all set up and man it uh, I haven't eaten yet but I will after the show it looks great but uh, I know some folks have already been through and partaking, and they have good reports from Moe's Barbecue Main Street, South Arc Bowl, open Monday through Saturday, 11 to 8. They offer a casual atmosphere during the day and a high-energy bar scene at night, bingo night, trivia night, that's Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, lots of entertainment on Friday and Saturday. You can call 662-320-6637 for award-winning barbecue and other items for takeout, delivery or catering, don't forget to check out the tailgate menu. That's on their website at MoesOriginalBarbecue dot com. So, uh, just talking about what I think is just sheer hypocrisy uh, from the president when he's lecturing people about paying their dang fair share. Well, first of all, he learned he earned thirteen million bucks, and he's just a politician. And I know that's, that, maybe that sounds trite on my part, but he earned 13 million bucks from speaking, I guess somewhat from his book. He's a, he's a long-standing political figure, and of course there's lots of interest in having him speak. And, and folks say, well, who in the world would pay for that guy or his wife to speak? There are a lot of people. <laughs> lots of universities, lots of corporations and businesses, lots of, um, uh, Any organization, really, uh, that would have an interest in someone of that high profile, we just have to be honest about that. And they pay him, but uh, he, uh, you know, he's responsible. Everybody is for their own their own tax situation, and uh, and he may say, "Well, I didn't really know that was happening." You know, accountants handle all that for me. The fact is, he he really routed money. And what the IRS and, and, and others, maybe not the IRS yet, but there are others that are saying uh, this is not legal, the way he handled that income. He essentially evaded taxes, not avoid, which is legal, but evaded because he, he routed that income through uh, a sub-S corporation as opposed to just taking it in and, and recording it individually. And, of course, you know, he... <laughs> He has to prove that uh, when you're doing that sort of stuff, It'll, as we all do. We, we, we sign our own returns, but whether or not he understands the nuances of sub-S corporations versus individual taxation and corporate taxation, I sort of doubt it, honestly. But it doesn't matter. You're still responsible. It's just simple as that. Um, so it's it's aggravating. Now, uh, someone texted earlier on the cease text line, one, one member of our audience, says they're all rich in Washington, but they don't count themselves as wealthy. Uh, you know, there was a time when insider trading was perfectly legal, and there, it is absolutely true that lots of members of, of uh, Congress did benefit and profit greatly from that. But that hasn't existed and hasn't been legal since 2012, and, and and members of Congress are required to make full financial disclosures of all their their uh, investment activity. They have to do that annually, so they're not as they're not as wealthy as they once were. Now, many of them that are there now that have been there forever uh, actually came from a great deal of wealth from the private sector. Uh, and so they're, they're just, we're wealthy for they got. That. Rick Scott, uh, Republican from Florida is an example. Rick's worth about 250 million bucks. He was a governor. He ran for, um, Senate, U.S. Senate, of course. He serves in the Senate from the state of Florida. He spent about 60 million bucks of his own money running for senate but uh rick rick comes from the private sector and did very very well so he was wealthy before he got there there are actually a number and i'm not asking you to feel sorry for him by any stretch of the imagination they signed up for this gig but there are a number of members especially of the house that actually live in their office i mean they cannot afford so members of congress do not get they don't really get housing uh assistance they don't get any sort of housing reimbursement uh, they got to do that on their own and it can be expensive when you're maintaining multiple residences one where you live and uh, if you do so and you have a family for example and then and then something where you got to live in washington so many of them choose to to actually live in their office they've actually have cots and makeshift beds in their offices Hey, i do not not feeling sorry for them. Again, they signed up for it. But I think we've got to look beyond just this, this notion that, well, they all just get filthy rich. Now, do they have opportunities as members of Congress to do so through, through private sector uh, gigs? Absolutely. As lobbyists, uh, speaking, as we've already pointed out, with the president uh, being compensated considerably. Uh, for his speaking, heck, Barack Obama, right? I don't know that he's ever worked in the private sector, a little bit as a, in a law firm maybe. Uh, but uh, wrote a book, made a whole bunch of money off of it, and it's in, does speaking engagements, makes a whole bunch of money off of that, and uh, recently bought this gigantic house where he had the big party, remember, as his, his um, anniversary. Was it his No, his birthday. what birthday. It, well, 60th birthday. Yeah. Birthday. yeah. And uh, of course, a lot of controversy surrounding that event with who's coming, who's not, and oh my gosh, they didn't have their masks on. Yeah, just just quit with all that crap. You get yourself in trouble with all these stupid rules and restrictions because you won't adhere to them on your own. But Gerard, so, look at
5: the look at the hypocrisy between this story about Biden owing five hundred thousand dollars in back taxes and President, former President Trump. Yeah, I mean they have. The Attorney General of New York, she's spending almost her entire job, <laughs> the exactly. uh, entire time of, of her job, focusing on his tax returns. Where this Wait. report comes out about Biden, nobody, I mean, Fox News has it, New York Post has it, but nobody, New York Times is not reporting about it.
4: Nope, won't. Yep, precisely right. But that's why we passed it on here. Uh, absolutely, we want people to know this is just blatant hypocrisy. And uh, right, it won't. If the, of course, if this were Trump. Or any member of the Trump family? Oh my gosh! All hell would break loose. It'd be dominating the news cycle from the left-wing media twenty-four hours a day. So on the c spire text line. So where does AOC get thirty k for a dance and another fifteen k for a dress? It was given to her. It was given to her. She didn't pay that out of her pocket. That's that's just known. That's well established. However, that is a gift on which she should have to pay taxes. And the problem is when you get an in-kind gift like that, meaning it's not a cash gift, now you got to go pay taxes. Legally, she's got to pay taxes on that. We're going to be watching it too. The problem is where do you get the proceeds to pay that tax? Well, guess what? That's the same argument applied to uh, someone who owns stock and has a gain on paper. But they don't have any cash proceeds from it to pay taxes, which is what Joe Biden wants to do. Make you pay taxes just on the paper game. And then how, how are we going to figure out at uh, what point? December 31st? I, I mean, so what point do you value those assets to determine the gain? You see how wrong that is? It's just all about class warfare. It's all about getting a pound of flesh, but it's just so rich when the president himself, the one who's advancing all these policies, himself evades taxes (laughs) to to the tune of about 500 grand. It's absolutely ridiculous, and and we're going to stay on it uh come on gerard please don't be taken up for biden he has lived off the usa people for his entire life no real world job that's malcolm from tishomingo i haven't taken up for biden whatsoever in fact quite the opposite i'm i'm castigating here him here i'm excoriating him here Uh, the hypocrisy the duplicity uh, drives me nuts perhaps more than anything and i am vehemently opposed to tax increases. I don't care who the person is. I don't want to send any more money to the federal government. I want to starve the beast. I want to force them to work within their means. Uh, I, I don't want to send more money to Washington for them to concoct all these goofy programs and redistribution mechanisms to take from producers and give it to recipients, this is this is detrimental to the future of our country to remaining the world's exceptional dominant power, and it just it feels like they're doing everything they can to strip us of that status. And we're going to continue to expose that and rail against us, against it. Stay with us. We've got Paige Hunt, the director of tourism for the Greater Starkville Partnership. Coming on next, we're coming at you live from Mississippi's college town, Starkville, Mississippi.
17: 30.
9: For the highest quality comprehensive eye care for your entire family, you need to visit Optical 2000, Dr. Bobby C. Pankey and Associates in Clinton, Richland, and Flora. All three locations offer eye health and eye care examinations as well as treatment for eye disease. And we have a wide array of the latest frames and sunglasses from your favorite designers. Most major insurance accepted. Click to call a clinic near you at optical-2000.com. Optical 2000, Dr. Bobby C. Pankey and Associates in Clinton, Richland, and open Wednesdays in Flora.
19: Here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning six to nine. Breaking
1: news, quick shots, analysis—all right here on Super Talk Jackson, ninety-seven point three. Ah, ah, it's so awesome. Middays with Gerard
0: Gibbert. Mm. Come on,
28: let's get on with the show.
0: Yay. On Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs>
4: Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Midday's with Gerard Gilbert. We're coming at you live from Starkville, Mississippi. Will East filling in for the vacationing Rhino on this Friday, y'all. Beautiful weather up here, and uh, just a picture perfect day. Lots of folks. Out and about. We're on Main Street, downtown Starkville, and uh, gosh, what just a perfect day! And so good to see people out and about, smiles on their faces, uh, wearing their bulldog maroon, and getting ready for the big game tomorrow. But joining us now is Paige Hunt. Paige is the Director of Tourism for the Greater Starkville Partnership. Thanks for joining us, Paige.
30: Thanks for having me, and thanks for being here in Starkville, Mississippi's college town.
4: It has been an absolute uh, blast, and also a uh, reminder Moe's barbecue on Main Street. Has uh, brought in some uh, great looking and smelling food over there. I'm going to partake after the show, but come on down and uh, and join us and have some. We'd love to love to have you. So, big football weekend on tap. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, I know you gotta you gotta be proud of showcasing your city and really showing it off. Uh, it continues to improve and get better. Had the mayor on earlier. Uh, clearly, she's uh, and should be uh, proud of, of what she has accomplished. And and uh, the great work and partnership and relationship the city has uh, with the university and and uh, uh, folks moving into the area to live here. But but in in your uh, capacity as director of tourism, what are you seeing, Page? That, um, that that folks come here for as tourists.
30: Well, you were talking about Moe's Barbecue. Look, if you leave Starkville hungry, then you've done it wrong, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. We have so many uh, wonderful restaurants, new ones opening um, almost weekly. We've got local shops and boutiques and wonderful places as a matter of fact this afternoon starting at two o'clock we've got art walk going on downtown where folks can shop and there'll be local artists and musicians playing and getting real festive before the game uh but obviously you know we're mississippi's college town mississippi state sports are are our biggest draw and you know after our national championship baseball team it's just been electric and i think it's had folks even more excited for football we're expecting a, a full weekend this weekend you know Football 's fun for fans, and we love it, but we often don 't talk about the economic impact that it has right Our hotels sell out our restaurants are full, uh, those visitors are coming in and spending those tax dollars, and then they 're leaving and not utilizing the services that those tax dollars provide yeah um, you know <laughs> People don't realize also that uh, tourism is Mississippi's fourth largest industry. So uh, based on uh, numbers from Visit Mississippi, last year, last fiscal year, during a pandemic, visitors in Octibaha County spent $92 million. Wow. So uh, visitors to the state spent $5.65 billion. So you're talking about the truest form of economic development, money flowing through our state.
4: Well, we have uh, so much to see and experience, a great story to tell, and, and uh, I, you know, in my business career traveling around uh, the country honestly uh, folks really have kind of a, a bit of a jaded view of our state and don't really understand just how fantastic and great it is but when they come here right and they see it and they experience it it's like wow i didn't know that and you know they go back and then share that news with a lot of folks and that's what brings people here
30: absolutely we we always say that we've just got to get visitors here one time yeah and we have so much to offer visitors here in Starkville i think it's a great little weekend getaway Um We're really excited about Cornerstone Park, which is 12 new... Soft, primarily baseball, softball fields. Yeah, that's really going to spur some growth in those youth sports. I mean, we all know parents huge. and kids traveling huge. around huge. So we're hopeful that things that we do like that and, and getting visitors here for the game that maybe from the opposing team and they yep. experience Starkville, yep. or maybe they experience Mississippi. We had when NC State was here, we had a lot of NC State fans coming, and they were they were like, we had no idea this yeah. was here. And so that it's it's really an opportunity for us to showcase what we have to offer.
4: It's fun to hear that, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I just had no idea. Yeah, it was that nice. It was that great. Like, well, we've always known that. Where you been?
30: Look, I tell people I have the best job in the world. I get to sell the best city in the world, and I sell fun for a living. So, <laughs> that's a good point. You know, <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's it is. Awesome. It's very, very cool. Yeah. it's very cool. We, uh, we also, you know, in addition to just. We want to create a fun and exciting atmosphere all the time for our visitors and our residents. Uh, so, folks, if, if you're needing an excuse to come to Starkville, mark your calendars for uh, October 2nd is our annual Cotton District Arts Festival. It's wonderful free festival, music, art, food, beverages uh, in the Cotton District uh, here in Starkville. It's a great event. And then if you're more into the shopping and the shops, we have a an unwind event, what we call unwind, <laughs> October 15th. We're, we're the beneficiary of downtown startville's a leisure cup district. So, each of our stores, we've got about 19 stores participating. They'll have sipping and shopping
11: events.
4: Wow, sounds like uh, a full slate of fantastic events. Paige, thanks for joining us and congratulations uh, on all the success and 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 really just uh, doing a great job in producing such a fantastic city. Mississippi's proud. Mississippi's college town. with Mississippi. That brings us to a close here on Middays. Don't forget, uh, I think coming up next, we've got uh, Steve Azar in a Mississippi Minute. He's got an interview with Tyler Tisdale. Will, thanks so much for Handling things down there in the studio. I'll be back with you with Rhino this coming Monday. Have a great weekend. Stay safe and God bless everyone.
10: A Super Talk Mississippi ah. Media Production.